Seinfeld. The face painter is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys with terrible John Houseman names. I'm Rob Sestini, here's the Kiva Winokur. How's it going? Kiva, how are you? Who's John Houseman? <laughs> I want to say... Is he like a masterpiece theater? Is that who John Houseman is? Yeah, I knew you'd ask. So uh, it, I, he was some sort of British actor who, according to Wikipedia, had a distinctive mid-Atlantic English accent in common with many actors of the generation. I guess he would say it in a, in a really uh, distinct way. Mm-hmm. There you go. So there is John Houseman. Uh, that we were going to hear about Alec Berg, uh, not Aaron Burr. Uh, that he was a, a big part of this episode involving face painting. Putty is a Devils fan, and he is going to paint his face. Uh, we have a lot going on with George and a woman who uh, is hard of hearing, or is she, out of one of her ears, and a very topical story, Akiva, about Kramer having an altercation with a primate at a zoo. Yeah, I don't think we've ever hit a subplot in the right week, the way that the zoo chimpanzee plot, because it's really a very weak story. But, you know, but the fact that we could tie it into uh, to the Cincinnati Zoo story this week is uh, although maybe everyone will have forgotten about it by the time this posts. Now, we're recording this late in the week. So usually we record these earlier in the week, but it's already Thursday. So by the time that you guys are hearing this, if you're listening in the real time and not like, you know, 10 years from now, then uh, then we're going to be pretty close. If someone's listening 10 years from now, what should they do to let us know? <laughs> Send us like a hologram. Twitter's going to be gone. Twitter's right. going to be out of business in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what, like, how do they, should they email us? No, there'll be no Skyrim. email. Yeah. Uh, we want, send us the hollow chip and then uh, that'll let us know uh, where you are from the VR hollow space. You know, say hi to us in person. Come shake our hand. Yeah, I, I guess you could do sort of things like that in 10 years. But yeah, if you're listening in 10 years, but what if the Internet doesn't exist? And like I was thinking, like, what if these podcasts just go away? Mm-hmm. Like, I hope someone has them backed up somewhere. Oh, we haven't backed up somewhere. But that being said, like, there's a very good chance that we will just not exist in 10 years. The two of us or like the whole world? <laughs> like the whole world. Like, I feel like that is I'd say probably like even money, like uh, both wow. you and I could be gone or just like all of us could be gone. Oh, that's depressing. We should really. Uh, it's a get little a depressing. Podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring it back to uh, something that's more exciting. We're talking about the face painter here. Uh, f- second to last episode here in uh, 1995, May 11th, 1995. Yes. Yeah, season six is almost done. I uh, it feels like we've been in here for a while, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's exciting to be finished next week uh, to be done with season six and only three more of these bad boys to go. Only three more of these bad boys left. Akiva, that do you know also that uh, we are headed into, you know, the first week of June here on uh, the Seinfeld recap podcast and that this upcoming June 8th, we will be celebrating the two year anniversary of the Seinfeld recap podcast. Oh, wow. Um, Happy I, I anniversary. thought it was a little later in June. I forgot. So I guess next week we'll celebrate that because uh, it'll be the same day or within a day. Well, uh, that's from exciting, when we record it. From when Does we it record feel it. like we've been doing it for two years or one year or ten years? No, I don't think it really feels like we've been doing it for two years. But uh, no, it's really wild. I mean, we are definitely like we said well, it was going to be like a, what, a three year mission, three year some odd mission. And now we're, we're heading into, uh, you know, begin, the beginning of year number three, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking like next summer, where am I going to be? Year two like, into three. 
Yeah. How, you know, what, what airline am I going to take to fly to Australia? <laughs> you know, it like, just seemed like it was never going to be here. And now here we are now two years in. Uh, this is what the 109th uh, recap that we've done, our 109th episode that we're about to recap, our, what, 103rd episode or something like that? Yeah, I, people, people shouldn't, like, take for granted that we're going to finish. Like, it just takes one, like, really terrible comment from me and the podcast is over. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I feel like, you know, we're not there yet. We're not like, you'll say something just, so offensive that there'll be a backlash? I think one of the good things about this podcast, like, if we did this podcast on the main Rob Has a Podcast feed which has a lot more listeners, I do think that we would, have, we would have gotten a lot more negative feedback towards a few of the things we said. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're on our own like little island or a bubble here where like the people who don't like us just don't listen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, nobody's going to be complaining. We don't have like a lot of uh, like uh, social justice warriors like scout, you know, scouring like every word we say and trying to figure out what's offensive. Right. If we get shut down for something here, it'll be for like having like a, uh, a take that's too hot in terms of like uh, that movie's not even funny, you know, something like that. Oh yeah, no, it would right. It would be like a pop culture thing. It wouldn't be something offensive, probably. Yeah, we could probably get away with something <laughs> offensive. <here. laughs> All right. So uh, that being said, uh, here we are. So uh, happy anniversary to you, Kevin. Yeah, one year from now, we're really going to be like uh, you know coming into the home stretch. That'll be sad. I think once we get to season nine, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a little different. It'll definitely be different. It'll be sort of like the big poppy retirement tour. Oh, yeah, we'll be knocking them out, those home runs. Uh. Yeah, we'll just be on a tear, homer after homer uh, in season nine. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. So happy anniversary, uh, June 8th, the official anniversary of the Seinfeld Recap Podcast, when we talked about the first episode of Seinfeld, uh, which was called Good News, Bad News. The, I, have, uh, I actually have an idea. What's that? For, uh, for you know, maybe for the anniversary for me, or you could do it the next week, like an in-between season six, season seven podcast. Because I'm sure our first podcast is terrible, right? Sure. I had I'd never done a podcast before in my life, really, other mm-hmm. than like the initial iteration of 32 Fans, which was, you know, very bare bones. And we did it like four or five years ago. Okay. Um, you know, I, I saw an email recently uh, when I was looking for something else in Gmail where I sent, I, like the first couple weeks I sent out. I don't know how many links we had the first week or two. Like I sent out the link to my friends. And for the second episode, I, I saw I wrote like, uh, don't worry, guys, this time I actually prepared for the episode. Mm-hmm. So for episode two. So episode one might be really bad. So would it be funny if we do a podcast where we listen to the first podcast and, and we do like uh, Mystery Science Theater on that podcast? Well, I don't think that that would really be conducive to audio. Like, I think like if it was like TV commentary, like I feel like that you could just have the picture up and we could be commenting on it. But I feel like that that's going to be very confusing to have us sure. be listening. But how is that different than any other week? Like most of what we do is not conducive to audio. What I would say is that why don't we go back and then just re-record the first episode. So for the season six into season seven special, let's watch the premiere again and then do a new podcast of it. And then we could just tell people that like that could be like the new first episode and say like, OK, uh, this is what it's going to be like. What do you think of that? We could listen to it and talk about like, oh, boy, we really, we really sucked and did like a whole like five minutes on this topic. And whatever. Do you like that or this is crazy talk? I, I like the, the, the thing with the first episode is it's just out of place to do it now. 
Mm-hmm. Like if we if we do record a new pilot episode, I do think it's a good idea. But maybe that should be like the week before the finale or something. Okay, so you want to go back and do the whole run again then after? No, I don't <laughs> want to do the whole run again. Definitely not. <laughs> we could just be like the rest of our lives, just like going through. Seinfeld. Well, you said that's only a few more years. Like that's not so long. We <laughs> well, might let's only just see how long. Run one more like, time. Do you think we could get through Seinfeld five more times? No, like, no, not according to you. It's three years. You said mm-hmm. fifteen years from now, you're. Saying it's under fifty percent chance that we're gonna, you know, I don't, I don't think we should do it again. But if we were to re-record the first episode, if how about people write in and tell us what we, yeah, because we have a week to play with it. If if they if they like, because I I think my idea is great, even though probably audio wise, like it doesn't totally work. I it might be funny. Yeah, right now, uh, Scott St. Pierre is just like throwing <laughs> chairs around his house right now, like he's furious with this idea. This is a terrible idea for Scott. Also, uh, I also heard a rumor that you were planning on leaving the podcast after season seven, a la Larry David. I mean, I'm holding out for more money, but you, that's really that's between our agents. That's really I don't you know, I don't like to talk about business stuff here. All right. I, I want a piece, Rob. Right now, I have no points to this podcast. You could resell it tomorrow for millions. I have no claim to that. We money. have a Hulu like, deal. I, yeah. I need I need at least 10 percent and uh, and some syndication if they syndicate the podcast. Yeah. All right. So then, Akiva, why don't we get into the news before we jump into the talking face painter? OK, well, I actually I have a, I have kind of a game. Ooh. We're already being like kind of wacky. So I have the news I have is more evergreen. So let's hold off on the news for one week um, because it has nothing to do with specifically this week. And uh, one we have a great new listener, Christine from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. who um, who is binging the podcast. She never listened to the podcast. And she's I think she's in season four now. And so she's taking some good notes on the show. Yes. And one of the things that she's done is that she's written down uh, the hashtag from every episode. I think she's also rating the episode. She's going to. Oh, good. Sometimes people, sometimes people say to me, like, what's <laughs> I want to listen to the podcast, but I'm not uh, a lunatic. I don't want to go all the way back to episode one. And I hear like maybe the first season or two isn't good because you keep saying that, Akiva. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so what episode should I listen to? And I have no idea because after we do it, we, you know. I know that like the Fusilli Jerry was funny two weeks ago, but I'm not going to remember that two weeks from now. So I don't know what podcasts were good, uh, you know, going back. I know which Seinfeld episodes are good, but I yes. don't know if that always directly <laughs> correlates. So hopefully if someone could uh, let us know, that would be good. So anyway, so she has a hashtag from every episode. Yeah. So I was wondering if we could just look at a bunch of them now and try and figure out what we were talking about and how the hashtags like came to be. And at the beginning, some of them were directly from the episode. Okay. So. That'll be easy. But some of them will try and figure out, like, how did we get how did we arrive there? What does it mean? All right. Let's just do a couple of these, because I'm sure that um, we could probably get really sucked down the rabbit hole here before we even talk about the episode. Sure. So just as an example, like the alternate sides hashtag is Yankee Bean. And we know that's that's a direct quote from the episode. Right. So That's not really what we're trying to get at here. Mm hmm. So, like, this premiere of season two, the ex-girlfriend, the hashtag is toss your books. <laughs> Do you have an answer key? No, I have no answer key. I feel like Christine will be an answer key if we don't know next week. But I believe I had a rant about how when you're done reading a book, you should throw them all in the garbage. <laughs> because it's a waste of space and books have no value because you don't reread them. That sounds about right. That sounds vaguely familiar. Right. And like the deal, the deal hashtag is this, that and the other, which was very creative of us because that's Mm -hmm. the most famous line from that episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bus boy hashtag is fat camp. I have no idea. (laughs) Do you have a guess for what we were talking about 
to get to Fat Cam. I have no recollection. <laughs> yeah, like the cafes is very, very bad, man. Okay, obviously, we know what that is. Uh, we forgot a hashtag in the subway, so that's okay. no hashtag. Bad job by us. Um, uh, the limo is cereal famine. Hmm, cereal that's famine. cereal with a C, my beloved cereal. <laughs> uh, did they, I think they talked about that in the episode. I think that's a line from the episode. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that he talks about in Ireland there was a cereal famine or something like that. Yeah, so okay. So these are just the few. So maybe if Christine wants to give us some really hard ones for, for uh, another uh, test. Uh, Quan in season two, I think that's a quote from the episode. Oh, here's a good Is it, one. Is it Quan? Okay. Yeah, it's, because it's, the scra- it's, a, it's like a Scrabble word. Oh, okay. I think got doesn't it, Jerry got tell it. his mom or so, you know, something right. like Quan is not a word? Um, so here I see Go the Distance and episode five, the stock tip. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we were taking a vote whether the podcast should continue or not. Yes, yes, I think so. So the hashtag was go. And I imagine the other podcast was like, please stop, guys. <laughs> yes. Probably got more uh, hashtags. But all right. So, um, yeah. It, but the, the problem is with the first three seasons that I play this game, like we really weren't creative. And we kind of just had a quote from the episode, which we really never do now. Well, so maybe we'll correct that on the second time around through the. Yeah, so for seasons four through six. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> we'll have a much better hashtag for good news, bad news. And we'll get a good hashtag for the sub. Way too. We That's won't right. forget um, this time. We will not forget on time two. <laughs> I'm forget. three already. We'll have lost our mind, and we won't even remember what a hashtag is. Um, <laughs> all right, so that was. Uh, I think that was a, a taste of that game. But we could play it again when she finishes season six and sends us the hashtags. Yeah. When we go back through and do all the episodes again, will you recommend a new listener starts with pilot uh, 2.0 or go back through all nine seasons and then continue on into the second iteration? I mean, a real completist probably would have to start with the first version. I, I don't know how you could just jump in. Like, there's no reason to think that the second version will be better. We'll have completely lost our mind. We'll be totally checked out. We're not even going to rewatch the episodes at that point because we're going to assume we remember them, even though we won't. We'll re-listen to the podcast from the first. Well, time. yeah, that's a better idea. <laughs> re-listen, which is much more productive, uh, you know. The, or I, I was actually looking at the uh, at the times of the first few episodes. Yeah, they're short. If they're really short. Yeah. I, I feel like we kind of dupe people into listening to the podcast, which was 43 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now it's like if we do an hour 43, Rob's like, all right, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, maybe the move should be that we don't go back and recap the Seinfeld uh, shows. We go back and then recap every episode of the Seinfeld Recap podcast. Oh, so you're taking my idea <laughs> and applying it to the like all 180 episodes, not just the pilot. <laughs> Yes. It's not a bad really, idea. Really, uh, the head of the snake eating its own tail at that point. And then is the third season, is it going back to the second episode? And then, like, are all three audios playing at once? Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. All right. That, lots, lots to figure out. Let's get through one iteration of the face painter, and then uh, we, we can get further into that. All right. So let's go back to May 11th, uh, 1995. Story by Larry David and Fred Stoller is back. Yeah, Fred Stoller is actually in the episode, if you look closely. Oh, I have to take a look. Well, who was he? He is, he's just a fan in the, in the arena. Okay. All right, so here we go. Uh, the face painter, which starts off with Jerry, again, talking about primates. Very topical. Hot, hot take time. Uh, Jerry says that he feels like people who get a monkey should just get a kid. What do you think about that? He's, he's, this is like the worst straw man ever. It's like, 
all these people are getting monkeys as pets. Was this happening a lot in the 90s? Like, was it Curious George? Ross had one everywhere? on Friends. It just seems like he's making this into a stereotype that never existed. <laughs> Michael Jackson had a monkey famously. Yeah, I, I don't think like just laymen had, you know, <laughs> had, had I don't think like a Manhattan apartment is going to let you have a monkey. OK, then Jerry is talking about how they started sending monkeys into space in the 60s. Uh, and uh, the monkey feels like, OK, this is probably the next logical step in our evolution. Yeah, I, I mean, let's get it out of the way now. What do we think about the gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the gorilla thing is, um, you know, like, I don't have a uh, super strong take on it. It was a sad thing that ended up happening. But, you know, I I don't have like uh, a real line in the sand take about it. Do you know what you know what maybe got Jerry's mind on this? Because we're we're, right now we're in June 95. Mm -hmm. So while they're writing this episode, I bet George comes over to Jerry and says, I got this movie gig for the summer because we're not we're not filming in the summer. I'm spending the summer. I'm the lead in a movie. It's probably the only time Jason Alexander's ever a lead in a feature film. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Ken Quapis, the great Ken Quapis, who directed a lot of the Office episodes. And it's a movie called Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> and I wonder if Jason Alexander says like, hey, Jerry, is it OK if I you know take this role? I'm not going to miss any time on the show or whatever. Just tells him about it. And this gets Jerry thinking about the monkeys because – there were a lot of monkey-led movies. Like, Jason Alexander is the, the lead human mm-hmm. in, in the movie, but I feel like Dunstan, the, mon- the monkey, is the... Yeah, I feel the, like uh, Matt LeBlanc did a monkey movie also. I, I, you know, if we really wanted to continue this podcast but didn't want to do, like, these horrible ideas of revisiting every episode again, like, they, there are so many bad movies that, uh, especially George and Kramer yeah. made. Like, Jason Alexander, I was actually, I, I was at somebody's house this week. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to his wife, and she happened to say her maiden name. And I said, oh, I, like, I know that name. It's a very unique name. Uh, I went to school with your brother. And I didn't remember anything about him to tell her except one fact. We, her, my, her brother and I, we were friends, and we were, we were at my house. And my mom wanted to take us to the movies. So we, uh, so we, we were about to go to the movies. He's like, wait, like my mom is very strict on what movies I see. So we have to call up my mom and get her permission before we go to the, before we go to the movies, like, which is normally just, okay, fine. Even though we're at my house and he could just like, you know, don't ask for what, what's the expression? Like, don't ask permission or (laughs) ask forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. Ask forgiveness, not permission. So anyway, so this is probably a year after uh, this very episode aired. Uh, We're probably in like eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. And uh, we're about to go out the door. (laughs) And there's no cell phones. Like, we're waiting for his mom to call back. She doesn't answer. And, and he calls, and, the, and his mom finally picks up the phone. And he's like, hey, mom, I'm going with Akiva to see Trial and Error, starring Michael Richards and Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? And she's like, absolutely not. It was rated PG-13. We were, at the time, 13. It's like, no, that's an inappropriate movie. You can't go. And, like, we had no plans for the day. And we weren't allowed to go. And we just, like, sat home and twiddled our thumbs the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But we were not allowed to go see Michael Richards uh, starring in the movie Trial and Error, which has a, <laughs> a solid 5.7 on that. Uh, sounds like a made-up Seinfeld movie. Yeah, but listen to this cast, actually. I'm just looking <laughs> at it now. I don't know if I ever saw it because his mom didn't let. <laughs> Michael Richards, Jeff Daniels, Charlize Theron, Rip Torn, uh, yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Like, it's a real cast. I guess so. Too bad. Too bad you never got to make it out there for that. 
Uh, by the way, the Matt LeBlanc uh, movie with the monkey is uh, 1996's Ed, uh, where the monkey, I think, plays baseball. And uh, Matt LeBlanc is like on a baseball team. Is this their answer to Air Bud? I'm not sure. It's like a rookie of the year meets uh, a monkey. And this, this has nothing to do with bowling. This wasn't the TV no. show about bowling. No, this is a show about a monkey that plays baseball. <laughs> uh, it is a 2.6 on IMDb. That's like Paris Hilton movie territory. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, we start off with George and uh, the woman, Sienna, that he is dating in this episode. Uh, they're in a car. And she is talking with George about toilet paper. I feel like I must have seen this episode recently because I feel like that everything in the episode, I'm like, don't they do this in another episode? But uh, I must have just like recently watched it somewhere and it was all like very fresh in my mind. But George is talking about toilet paper and how it has always been the same and it's always going to be the same. Does George talk about this at any other point in the series? Uh, Toilet paper? I don't think so. Okay, yeah, so it's just in my mind playing tricks on me. And so, yeah, it's just paper on a roll. It's never going to change. Has George been prophetic? Has toilet paper changed since 1995? I mean, we have some serious, uh, you know... Uh, people who did research in the in the in the uh, voicemail or the or the reader mail segment. So should we save it for that? Okay, why don't we save it for that? Let's table that discussion. And so they're really getting into the toilet paper talk. She seems fascinated. Again, this is like a real tell for George. We're going back to the waitress with the ma newer. Like he likes to talk about something scatological, and then this is like the ultimate test for him as to whether a woman is a good mate or not. Yeah, if his bits work, I feel like that's where George is going to get very confident. Yeah, they go right into kissing, hot and heavy in the car. A lot of car uh, make out for George in this episode. I feel like that's George's main make out place is the car. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's just easier than putting together the George's house or bedroom set. Like it's just like but also oh, like he's got he's got the he's got like the Montreal Expo sheet still like that's that might be a turn off. First of all, it's harder to get someone to go upstairs. Second of all, that might be like a deal breaker when they see his apartment. Mm-hmm. All right. So we see Elaine and Jerry at Monk's. And so the bus boy comes over and I wonder if there's like uh, an anti bus boy tinge uh, all the way through Seinfeld. And so Elaine tells the bus boy that the soup is good and he gives her sort of like a weird look and Jerry's like he doesn't care you know he basically is trying to do whatever he can to not kill himself well why is Seinfeld so anti-bus boy yeah I mean the bus boy first of all they make his episode one of the worst <laughs> On purpose. and now and now here they it's just like very hostile like hateful of the bus boy it, this is a show that you know looks down at the man and and you know anyone who runs a, a, a small business is evil but now the people like the the like the lowly employees of the small business are 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 you know suicidal depressed losers like I, this is too far jerry okay so we meet the character Alec Berg uh Alec Berg is played by Mark DiCarlo he was a guy who was in like a bunch of things i feel like uh in the 90s uh famously probably is best known as being the host of Studs. Keeve, did you ever watch Studs? No, what Studs? Tell me about it. It was like a dating game show. I feel like it was popular in the early 90s. And uh, I'm trying to think of what the deal was. Like, It's basically like there was like a woman and then there was like two like good looking guys that she had to pick which one she wanted. I feel like um, Studs, according to Wikipedia, followed a format similar to the dating game and love connection 
two men go on dates with three women, and afterward, the men would have to match answers with the women regarding the date. Uh, and each correct answer would win the man a stuffed heart. And then at the end of the episode, each woman would decide which man they choose as a stud to go out with again. I think it would also like it was probably the same idea as Love Connection, but I think it sort of like pushed the envelope in terms of raunchiness a bit more. Oh, for I'm shocked the show is still not is not still on the air. It mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Yeah, was it? Is this one of the shows that was on like 1:30 a.m. on Fox? No, I think it was a big in syndication. But listen to this: notable contestants in this: uh, Ronald Goldman. Was a contestant in 1991. Ironically about that, that in the People versus O.J. Simpson, this episode was mentioned uh, by O.J. as being such a funny episode when, you know, all the jury people, like uh, you have the white people are saying they want to watch Seinfeld and the black people want to watch Martin. The next scene cuts to O.J. Like, did you see Seinfeld last night when Kramer was fighting with the monkey? Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, everything's tying together. Everything's tying together. All right. Also, then uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, one of the future hosts of MTV Singled Out, which is kind of a similar show, uh, that he was on Studs, he said, uh, during a 2013 Comic-Con. And then also, John Hamm was a contestant on Studs. Wait, but, it was like, I know you watch, you watch the show Studs, right? I'm sure I saw it when it was on. I Did kind you of like- see Chris Hardwick? Chris Hardwick's show Talking Studs after the episode. <laughs> no, I did not. Honestly, I, if I remember, if I have my my times correctly, like I think it was kind of, it was a syndicated show, but I think it was on like late at night. Like I want to say it was on like 11 p.m. on like Channel 9 or Channel 11. It was sort yeah. of like the, uh, it was like an adult love With connection. With Studs with a Z? No, with an S. Oh, okay. That would have been a much better show if it was with a Z. Yeah, but this was Mark DiCarlo's uh, hosting gig, Studs. I'm sure somebody out there uh, watched. I'm surprised it did not make either the top 100 for either uh, you or Chester on 32 Fans. Yeah, when we do 101 to 200, like the stuff that should have made it, maybe it'll be there. All right. Now, Keith, you and I recently discussed Gary Fogel and his plight during episode number 13 of season six in The Scofflaw where John Lovitz's character is telling people that he has cancer. I did not recall when we talked about this that Gary Fogel was going to die before the end of season six. Uh, yeah, one of the readers mentioned it, but it, it's really the, one of the most arbitrary, random, like out of left field, because it has no impact on the plot other than they have to go to a funeral. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, I mean, if picture us in the writer's room, like, okay, so they need to go to a funeral, which, you know, just so he could, he could be uh, ignored by Alec Berg. So why would both Jerry and Elaine and Alec Berg be at the same funeral? Why didn't they do what they always do and make up a friend we've never seen before? It's interesting that they're sitting there like, okay, who could we kill off on the season that we're never going to have back? I wonder if they didn't like Lovitz, mm. which I think they wouldn't be the first people to say that, right? <laughs> well, that's interesting because back in the uh, Gary Fogel episode, it was interesting because if we remember back to it, we saw that there was a whole thing where – Jerry was given the piece of information that he had cancer before George. Remember, George was upset with Gary. Gary, why wouldn't you tell me that you had cancer? He's like, okay, I'll tell you something. I'll give you a parking space. I'll tell you something, George. I didn't actually have cancer. And then Jerry figures it out. So why does Elaine have to go to Gary Fogel? Because Elaine barely knows who Gary Fogel is in that episode. Remember when Jerry's talking about like, oh, you mean the guy who had cancer? That's what she says. That's a quote from her in that episode. But George is nowhere to be seen at Gary Fogel's funeral. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I guess like 
if you're just there for the friend and the friend is gone and you're George, like what upside does George have in going to the funeral? But he wasn't there just for the friend. I mean, he seemed like hurt that Gary Fogel didn't tell him he had cancer. Maybe he maybe he was so hurt that he's oh, I'm not going to this guy's funeral. He didn't care enough to tell me. <laughs> maybe he was really upset he didn't get the parking spot at the end of the episode. It's possible. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really make sense here why Elaine is here and George isn't. You're right. And again, if a, a, a you know a 15 year old Rob as the VP of Common Sense here would have been very useful. <laughs> All right. So here's Alec. He wants. To, are you going to go to the funeral on Friday? So they're setting that up. And then we find out that Alec Berg has Rangers tickets uh, here. Now, Keeve, as our resident sports expert, the Rangers and the Devils famously had an epic playoff battle in the spring of 1994. Did Mm -hmm. the Rangers and Devils rematch in the playoffs in 1995? They did not. They did not. This is not canon. Not canon. Not uh, and again, they're writing this before they probably know who is who has won the first round of the uh, of the playoffs. Um, the Devils won the Stanley Cup that year, but the Rangers, I believe, were knocked out in the first round. Okay, so it was a good year. Putty did help out the Devils with his cheering. Got to support the team. Yeah, and they'd never won a title till this year. This episode airs, and then a few weeks later, they win the championship. <laughs> All right, well, good for Putty. And the devil. So Alec Berg has uh, these great Ranger seats. He is unable to make it to the game on what, what day is the first game? On Wednesday or Thursday? I think it's Wednesday because game two is Friday and it doesn't seem like it's back-to-back days. Okay. All right. So he's going to give his tickets for Wednesday and maybe he might not even be able to use his tickets on Friday. He'll let them know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know how often this happens to you that people just hand you playoff tickets, but mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Boy, it doesn't really seem like Alec Berg has a lot going on. Then when Jerry calls him, he's just like sitting in his office. He's not like in a meeting or anything. Yeah, it's either like, why is Berg? Why does he have no friends? Like, why doesn't he, he has these tickets? He doesn't want to go to a playoff game. It's not like the Rangers had a million. You know, they had just won the Stanley Cup. But yeah, it's not like they had this long history where he'd been going to playoff games for 20 years. Um, I don't like why is he does he not have any friends to give them away to I guess scalping was harder so it's not mm-hmm. not like he's going to sell them it just seems like very arbitrary to run into somebody has anybody ha- ever handed you tickets to a big game no never um, also I feel like that the dates are kind of wonky on it, this so in the scene Alec asks Jerry hey are you going to go to the funeral on Friday and then Jerry says he is going to and then also then Alec talks about how you know, he has uh, season tickets. He can't go tonight. And then also, he might not use them on Friday either. So the day that Jerry runs into Alec Berg is the same day or what will be the night of the second game. And it doesn't really feel, it feels like there's a lot more time that happens between the funeral and when Jerry calls Alec Berg. Like that all happens in one afternoon. So you think the game one was more than two days before game two, possibly? No, I just think that they were really sloppy with in terms of plotting this out. Like there's no way that Gary Fogel's funeral and game two of the playoff series were in the same day. Oh man, wait till we explain this one to Jerry and Larry. <laughs> They're going to have so much egg on their face. Yeah, there's so many scenes in between there. So it just doesn't make any sense of where he sees Alec Berg in the afternoon and then it's six, like only like three or four hours have passed. Like, oh, my God, I haven't heard anything about from Alec Berg about the ticket. Yeah. You think he would say to him like, hey, what is, so are you going to the game tonight? Yeah. If I rewatch this episode next time, I'm going to have to we're going to have to pay attention to on our, our second go around. Yeah, we'll nail we'll really it. Really pay attention. Like what every what day is it in every scene? Also, Jerry talks about Alec Berg. Hey, he has a great John Houseman name, uh, which we mentioned earlier on in the episode. All right. So we see Jerry and Elaine back in Jerry's apartment 
And uh, they're complaining about people that get on a plane with nothing to read. You see these nitwits on a plane with nothing to read? What's the modern day equivalent of that, Akiva? I think it's the same thing. I think it's like people who still have no phone or like no plan for when they get on. And I've, you know, on this podcast discussed at length how much I hate the idea of not having some sort of screen in front of me or a book. Mm-hmm. is fine also like you know that i don't want to be alone with my own thoughts so i definitely uh hear what jerry's saying mm-hmm. george enters he has flowers and he's singing and he is in love what do you think about this little thing where like elaine like thinks the flowers are for her it's a little cartoony right <laughs> you know i didn't even pick up on that yeah elaine like he has the flowers and like elaine thinks that they're for her for a second and he like yank you know like pushes her away almost it's it's very sitcomy. right why would she think that george is bringing her flowers all right so George brings up that, hey, we talked about toilet paper and how it was never changing. And Jerry and Elaine really pile on him that toilet paper certainly has changed. It's softer. There's more sheets. There's a wide variety of colors. Uh, I think there's probably even more changes, but we can get into that uh, later. But anyway, George says it doesn't matter. He's just so happy that she likes his toilet paper talk. He's going to say, I love you. Is that usually planned? Like, do you go into like a date? Like, I'm going to next time I'm going to drop the L-bomb. I think it probably is planned i think that unless you're sort of drunk or something like that i think you start to say like i i think i'm going to say i think that maybe there's times where it sort of just comes out but i think there's also times when it's planned yeah i don't remember someone would have to remind me (laughs) yeah all right so jerry brings up the fact like hey you know if you say it and she doesn't say it that's a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there Kiva, remind us, where did matzo ball rank in your top 25 soups? Uh, That would be number one. Number one. So you said, I love you to the matzo ball soup. Yes, there was no matzo ball hanging out between us. There was some (laughs) minestrone, but there was no matzo ball out there. Does matzo ball soup love you in return? I feel like it's been pretty good to me. (laughs) I I think on my list of like, if I was like uh, Aria Stark and I had a list of like soups that had wronged me or foods that had wronged me, it would not be on that list. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That... Chester might also fact check you on your pronunciation of Arya Stark. Arya Stark. I'm sorry. So then uh, George says that he once said, I love you to a dog uh, who the dog just licked himself and walked out of the room, which is a very uh, funny image. Yeah, And more on that later. But he has clearly said, I love you before, George, on this (laughs) very show. (laughs) All right. Kramer enters and he is very excited because Jerry has tickets to the Rangers and Devils playoff game. Do we have any sort of backstory on the Rangers fandom of the core four? It's a very good question. Like what this is almost this could be like a great academic paper. If one of our you know listeners really wants to if they have like an irrelevant uh, mm-hmm. requirement in college, like what teams do they root for? Like we know obviously that Jerry is a Met fan. We know Elaine is a Baltimore Orioles fan. But we haven't heard really anything about hockey. Well, I would stop you right there because I feel like we did hear about hockey in another episode uh, early on back in June of the aforementioned 2014, uh, back when we discussed male unbonding, if you remember, when uh, Michael Chiklis, I think, uh, comes over, I think, after Jerry and George go to a Ranger game. I thought that was a Knicks game because don't was they like go game? into? Was it a Knicks game? Yeah, it was a Knicks game because okay. he like goes into like we're going to see Jordan and he ma- mentions all these basketball teams. So I'm ninety eight percent sure that was right right arena wrong team. Right. Uh, I'm looking at the show notes, uh, which uh, were were quite detailed. 
back from uh, June 2014. You were show notes? Uh, yeah, I, I, I put up uh, bullet points of everything. And uh, in the oh, show so notes... Oh, so you're saying you don't do that now anymore? No, well, Mike Moore has done that for uh, for some time. Oh, I thought you meant like your notes for yourself for the no, podcast. No, 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 no. Um, that oh, I thought that would be funny if like you used to take pages of notes. Now you wing it. No, no. Now I take better notes. But in the show notes, uh, there's the bullet point. Would anybody actually ever give away Nick's tickets in 2014? I don't know why we thought that was so implausible. Yeah, I think now people, would anybody actually ever pay for them? <laughs> yeah, would anybody take your free Knicks tickets? But that was also, I think, I had at that point when we started the podcast, I had Knicks season tickets that I lost many thousands of dollars on that year. So mm-hmm. it's probably on my mind. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so they've been to the Garden, but uh, no word on the Rangers, uh, but interesting to track. Okay, so... Kramer very pumped up for rain, but is Kramer just like a come with guy? If you said like, he's come hey. with, but this a, a playoff hockey game is. I, I've been to one playoff hockey game in uh, on a road trip with my dad in, in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are right. about to win the Stanley Cup now. And by the way, another thing that's really you know we have the the gorilla stuff and the NHL playoffs really very timely, <laughs> very timely. Um, it's it's just an incredible environment. I've been to playoffs in every sport, uh, and I, I do think the playoff hockey is is unsurpassed in terms of like if there's a tie game late like every single time the puck moves you're sweating the whole stadium is like gasping you really there's really no comparison with the with baseball or football or basketball sports i like more than hockey in terms of like being in the arena so it, even like that's why even to sit in the nosebleed seats they're more than happy to go yeah now, if Jerry said, hey, we've got front row seats for New York Liberty tonight, do you think Kramer is just as excited? No, I used to. I have a, a friend who um, the same friend who didn't tell me about the stock tip that I've mentioned a few <laughs> times. I think we talked about last week used to work for the Madison Square Garden. And so I'd ask him for tickets sometimes and he would never say yes. But anytime I asked him, he would email me back two hours later, like here are four tickets to the Liberty. Yeah. Like literally giving them away, and I wouldn't use them. But like, mm-hmm. I'd ask my daughter, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "Nah, the WNBA is lame," and she's too. <laughs> and I want to say I'm very a, a strong proponent of women's sports. I just think the WNBA is lame. Yes, uh, your wife uh, is a basketball player, right? Yes, she is a basketball player, but even she would not watch the WNBA. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kramer very excited about the hockey game. We also find out that Sienna, George's girlfriend, works at the zoo. Uh, which I believe uh, similar to our good friend uh, Sean Falconer's uh, significant other. Uh, I believe that. But you really case. remember every fact about everyone's significant other. <laughs> I, I'm still blown away. You remember that my wife and I haven't mentioned this in like a year at least that that my wife is was a basketball player. Yeah, that hasn't come up in so long. And now you remember like that uh, throwaway line Falconer mentioned that his wife works at a zoo. Well, he set up Tyson to go to the zoo when we were in San Francisco. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Yes. I don't, you don't, you barely even know. Like, you couldn't even tell me what ward your wife works in. <laughs> I, I could. <laughs> give me a quiz. I'll, I'll take a quiz. If I give you three choices. <laughs> All right. So Sienna works at the zoo. If anybody wants to go see the monkeys at the zoo, then uh, Kramer can get the hookup uh, from George's girlfriend. We should really had we had I remembered that uh, maybe Falconer's girlfriend could have written in. And by the way, Falconer said we're invited when he marries his girlfriend. Okay, he didn't right. say he's going to marry her, but right. he did say that the two of us are invited. All right. Well, <laughs> look, don't get him in trouble. Don't get him in trouble. Uh, All right. I'm sure she listens to this podcast. But anyway, we could have gotten you know we could have gotten her opinion. Although it may be too soon. Too if you're soon. I, I think too soon. Too soon. Let's let like too soon let's for let these let people. Let that go. Let's let it go. 
All right. Elaine and Putty are back together. Here's Putty is back. All right. And uh, that he's a Devils fan. It turns out that Elaine said, hey, could I bring Putty if George isn't going to go? He would rather go be with his girlfriend. Elaine and Putty are together. Putty comes out and uh, Elaine is like talking some smack as a Rangers fan. It, what kind of fair weather Rangers fan is Elaine? I feel like, you know, the same way that she puts on an Orioles hat and she's like the world's biggest Orioles fan. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she can talk smack. She doesn't care. But when she's there, she's going to have a good time. She's going to drink a beer and she's going to do a little trash talking. Right. And uh, to speak to Elaine's fandom, uh, as a Baltimore Orioles fan, to my knowledge, there is no professional Baltimore hockey team. So she could oh, wow. adopt the Rangers as uh, right. she moves to New York City. Yeah, unless she's like a Capitals fan just from back in the day. I don't think she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so either. All right. So here comes Putty and Putty has painted his face. Keith. You've been to many professional sporting events. Have you ever mm-hmm. painted your face? Uh, no, of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, when you're a teenager, you never do that because like you're going to break out when you do that, right? <laughs> like your face will never be the same. Uh, and that's the only time you're stupid enough to paint your face. Mm-hmm. But you're too worried about your face and what people think of you to do it. I've never painted my face and I've never taken my shirt off at a game. Yes, have you ever taken your shirt off at a game? Uh, I have barely taken my shirt off not at a game. Oh, you've uh, been on national TV for weeks on end with your shirt off. Yeah, not on, not by choice, though. Uh, but that being said, no, I would never. I mean, I, I, I once mentioned to my grandfather, because we, we went to uh, you know, many, many Jet games together, and there was someone next to us who had painted their face or painted their chest or something. And I said, Grandpa, did you ever paint your face or anything like that? He's like, no, I never did that. He's like, but back in the... Like Joe Namath days, he used to go to the game and take off his shirt just because he was hot. Wow. I, but I missed that. I just missed because the he was thing. warm or yeah, it was just like in the, I guess it was like he the was early, attractive. The, no, it was like they used to play like week one in 1997. I remember it was like August 31st. Mm-hmm. Like they used to play really early. So it was hot. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he took his shirt off. So I, I missed that uh, that grandpa era. But that, that would have been awkward. All right. So Putty is going to paint his face and uh, he's got a really intense uh, face painting. Is face painting more popular or less popular in 2016 than it was in 1995? I think more kids are getting their face painted at like carnivals and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's very in vogue. Like anytime my kids go to some sort of birthday party or something, they come back with a lot of face painting and and things like that. Yeah, I don't think... I think grownups are doing it just as often, like literally exactly as often as they used to. Also, that we have Putty here in the front row up against the glass, cheering for the devils, uh, face painting. Uh, We saw back early on in the run of Seinfeld when Elaine is in George Steinbrenner's box simply wearing the Orioles hat, and that is an affront to everything uh, at Yankee Stadium. Is this kind of a jerk move for Jerry to get Alec Berg's ice side? What do you call those? Like front row seats at the hockey game and then to bring a Devils fan in painted face to be screaming at the Rangers players? Right. I mean, normally you'd say like the best seats are center ice, but this isn't center ice. It's closer to the goalie, right? I'm not sure. Um, I didn't didn't get to see. I think it's closer to the goalie. But anyway, yeah, I like if I, of course, like if your friend... That would be my one condition. Like, if I was giving someone Jets playoff tickets, I would say, like, but, you know, no Colts fans if they're playing the Colts. Like, don't, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, fair weather. Uh, I mean, it's uh, hometown fans only. 
Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not bring in any any extra visitors. That right. makes no sense. And I feel like the hockey fan who's right up against the glass has much more of an impact on the game than somebody who's sort of like you know first row on the fifty yard line. I mean, they're oh, not no, disrupting. No anything. question. Right. Yeah, Putty's like playing defense. Did the Rangers potentially lose the game because of Putty's involvement? Putty swung the whole series. I think <laughs> he probably did. All right. So then uh, we see that Kramer and Jerry walk in and uh, Kramer has some very funny reactions to Putty in the face paint. Yeah, It's funny because he's shocked at first, but also like he's very quick to say like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very frightened by it. OK, so we and then see them at the game and Putty is going nuts, uh, just like banging on the glass, uh, really getting in the heads of uh, the Rangers front line here. Uh, yeah, Putty is really and I think they sweep the series based on the. <laughs> like the you know events of of what goes on here and knowing that the devils win the title yeah okay uh so the devils score a goal uh at the point that putty is like uh going nuts so he is really like uh doing the lord's work out there or the devil's work uh yeah. for the new jersey <laughs> hockey team and anyway so we see george and sienna back in the car and uh listening to the hockey game on the radio hockey on the radio is for hardcore fans only i always think like how many people could possibly be listening to this regular season uh, you know, Oilers Islanders game on the radio. Yes. Well, this is playoff hockey, Rangers Devils. This is uh, shades of Howie Rose. Yeah, I think Howie just stepped down actually as a as a hockey announcer this week. Oh no, he's not even doing the Islanders anymore. That's it. Yeah, he just retired after oh, many years. Okay. Uh, and so anyway, uh, George tells Sienna, "Hey, I could have actually gone to the game. I wanted to be with you though." And she says, uh, "Okay, well that's that's good." And uh, he says, "Because I love you." And she very quickly says, uh, you know, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. And it's not clear if she heard it or not at this point. It is unclear as to whether or not <laughs> that happened. Okay. Uh, Keeve, did you feel like in the rewatch that uh, she seemed like she could not hear him? Did she have a reaction? Well, it's weird because the fact that she can't hear, of course, comes up later. So we don't know. Like, we, we're not aware at, um, of it. But, yeah, I think I think she clearly hears it. She times it per like. It was actually uh, the director did it perfectly where it is really a 50 50 ball Mm -hmm. where she says it so fast that it's possible like she had already started that thought or maybe she was just like very quick witted. And like the second she because he did say like, uh, you know, he sort of stammered around for a second Mm -hmm. before he said it. So she might have had that chambered. She knew it was uh, coming. Yeah, she may have. Okay, so we see the gang out on the street. Jerry, Elaine, Kramer and Putty are walking out after getting out of Madison Square Garden. And Putty is going nuts and uh, really just gloating about the big win for the Devils. And then Putty almost gets hit by a car. And then uh, Putty gets up, up in the face of some priests who are in the car and starts yelling at them and said, hey, we're the Devils. Don't mess with the Devils. We're number one. We're the Devils. And then it's like hissing at the priest who is very upset about all this. Keeve, I have to say that I feel like uh, this whole priest subplot is, feels very tacked on to me. Very tacked on. It was all like, we're, we're a little light on, uh, on the ending. Um, one, this is the world's dumbest priest. Like, yes, they make it that he is probably an Italian speaker. Like, he doesn't speak English. So mm-hmm. it's not like someone could just say to him, like, oh, you know, he's a New Jersey Devils fan. Don't worry about it. But still, like, this guy is not the devil. Why are we assuming that this guy is, is, you know, crazy enough to think that a guy who painted his face is the devil? Right. This storyline gets brought up one more time when we're at the funeral. And then the last scene with Elaine makes absolutely no sense. No. And, there is, and I want to say now, there is an alternate ending that is 
very interesting that we will talk about at the end. But uh, it would have changed the episode and the course of the series dramatically. Okay, well, I am dying to hear about it because, as I've mentioned, I cannot find my season six DVDs anymore. So I am uh, resorting to watching (laughs) on Hulu. Yes, and I do. I feel like for what Hulu paid, they should have gotten the DVD extras probably. Yes. Also, I will say that when we go back and rewatch all of Seinfeld, I will buy the season six DVD if I haven't found it before then. And then I will then have seen the deleted scenes and inside looks for this episode when we do the second iteration of the Seinfeld podcast. The second rewatch. I think the yes, but, but four years but you, from now. I don't think you need to do that because we've established we're our next podcast isn't going to really be about the show. It's going to be analyzing this podcast. So you, you could just talk about how you still haven't found the DVDs or you found them. I don't think you're actually going to need to watch them because we're just talking about the podcast. I think I would watch the deleted scene so that I could talk about how I've seen it now. I hadn't oh, seen yeah. it then and what I would have said if I would have seen it. Big update, guys. I know you've been waiting with bated breath. Uh, all, all one <laughs> listener we had remaining at that point. <laughs> Who do you think would be the last one to leave us? Who would shut the lights off? Oh, I don't know. It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> I feel like Johnny DeSilvera is never leaving us. Yeah, yeah maybe Johnny DeSilvera might be. Uh, he might be uh, a gentleman. It's been an honor performing with you here on the Titanic tonight. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to monks. Jerry and George are catching up on what's going on. And uh, George gives Jerry the download that she said, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. Uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, that's my dream is a woman saying to me, let's get something to eat. That's, <laughs> that's really what I want to hear <laughs> All right, so we talk about those the huge matzo ball uh, that was out there. And so there is some talk about nothing deteriorates a relationship faster than when one person says, I love you, and the other person says, I'm hungry, let's get something to eat. Uh, and Jerry has a funny line where she says, unless you're married. Right, it's like a throwaway line. I had to like rewind and, and watch it, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, all right. So George says, now nobody wants to be with somebody who loves them. People want to be with somebody who hates them. Keeve, is that right or wrong? I, I wish I knew. Again, this is not an answer that I'm qualified or probably you're qualified. Oh, no, I'm qualified. Give. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yes. <laughs> no, I just don't know. I don't know what what any like person, man or woman wants. Like I, I know that, yeah, you should never be the one to say I love you. Nobody should ever say I love you unless it's like a one, two, three jinx thing where you both say it at the exact same second. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to be that person, because that's gross, right? To be the one person who loves the other person. Right, uh, ideally. But I have to say um, that as somebody who is with someone who hates them, I feel yes. like being with someone who loves you is probably, I think, is better. Yeah, but is like, who knows? Maybe like someone who has a good relationship could email in next week and be like, yeah, it's overrated. It's overrated. Like, you hear, I love you so much, you can't even get anything done. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, I feel like we, you know, I've been married for so long, it's like, that's not like a thing anymore, you know? It's like whatever happened, whatever it is at this point, it is. It's not something you think about. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a pre-getting married scenario, like sure, Jerry's kind of saying. dating thing. All right, so then the waitress comes over and she delivers the matzo ball soup to George, the number one Akiva soup of all time, and that is for George. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little on the nose, but it's funny. It's funny. Okay, so Kramer and Jerry are back in Jerry's apartment, and so Kramer is talking about this thing that happened with the monkey at the zoo and uh really um you know a a much more civil incident uh that ended up happening uh this is uh not quite uh the saga of harambe uh what is this monkey's name barry barry the monkey (laughs) a little bit of mark the chicken no 
a little bit. I don't know. I also don't know. Uh, I think it's a chimpanzee. I don't know uh, if it's named after somebody. Mm-hmm. Probably. But uh, I feel like they could have done better than Barry. Yeah. I mean, we will have Coco the gorilla talk coming up in what, season nine? Yeah. I don't know. Also, um, with with the uh, by the way, when you go to the zoo and you've taken your son or sons to the zoo at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Bef- even before this Harambe thing happened. That's like all you think about at the zoo, right? Like, oh, don't let this lunatic jump into the cage or like fall like over. Like lunatic the lions, being your right? kids, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, because you have sons, and that's what boys. When I had daughters, I never thought about that. Now I have a son, and like, it's fifty-fifty every single time he goes to the zoo, whether he's going to try and go over there or mm-hmm. not. I feel like that the zoo that I've been to, uh, the LA Zoo, it's like all plexiglass, so it's not really like a cage that you can sort of get into or climb over. You know what's scary? Also, like, uh, I mean, I don't, you have the L.A. Disney. I don't think they have, like, the Animal Kingdom in Disney World. Mm-hmm. I feel you're just, like, out there, and there's, like, lions. And they're probably sedated on all sorts of things, but, you know, that, <laughs> that, that guy could just get... Oh, I don't know. I don't. We don't want to make any accusations against one of our favorite sponsors, Disney. But I think that if they, like, they could just, like, wake up, be angry one day, and just, like, eat the whole tram. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So, Kramer, he was at the zoo, and then all of a sudden... He got hit at the face with a banana peel. And here's Barry, the monkey. He's really laughing it up. And so when Barry turns around, Kramer hit Barry with the banana peel. Yeah, this is another great, like, Kramer telling story that wouldn't have worked if they tried to, like, play it out. Mm -hmm. Because it's less funny. Like, I mean, it is funny that the monkey, that the chimpanzee spits at him. But, you know, it's almost funnier hearing Kramer's version of the story. (laughs) Well, he didn't just spit at him. He threw a banana peel at him. Well, I'm talking about the one we actually see. Oh, okay. And so uh, that Kramer saying he started it, he pushed my buttons, I couldn't help it. Uh, and so uh, Jerry's like, well, the, you know, I think what you did was wrong. And uh, Kramer's upset. Oh, you're taking the monkey side. That's fine. Go ahead. And so uh, Kramer also wants to know, then, did he thank Alec Berg for the hockey tickets? Yeah. And again, this it's very complicated for us, right? We don't know, like, is this the same day? We don't know when the thank you ha- when the thank you supposed to happen. Okay. Well, like, this has to be Thursday. If we have that, it was Wednesday, right? That it was the game one of the playoff series. Mm-hmm. Then you would imagine this is the day after. Okay, that makes sense. The day after Kramer just got back from the zoo, he found out about that yesterday. So let's just assume that this is Thursday. And I, I do like it when Kramer seems to know all of the little foibles of society. Uh, but Jerry is reluctant to follow through with them. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know, like Kramer is one of these guys who like he give, he can give good advice. He just can't follow it. <laughs> yeah. And so just like, you know, Kramer knows just like, OK, you have to like kiss everybody. Hello in the building from now on. Jerry doesn't want to do it. Feels like uh, very similar to the kiss. Hello. Uh, yeah. Kramer's he's more he's he's not like a follower, but he's more interested in the conventions of a society where Jerry is not. Well, we've also established Kramer is a stickler. He tells Jerry here, good manners are the glue of society. Uh, And Jerry says, look, if I had to say thank you eight million times, I wouldn't have taken the tickets in the first place. Jerry does uh, thank him effusively at the diner in the first go round. Yeah, it's not like Jerry was a jerk about it. They were very it was almost like, wow, that's too kind of you to just give us these tickets and then mention the offer of a second set of tickets. Right. He says thank you at least three times uh, in the scene. Even Elaine thanks him. And, and, you know, we don't even know if she's going to go or not at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, we have Kramer saying to him, all right, uh, that he's going to be upset. He won't give us those tickets for Friday. 
Jerry says uh, that he has a funeral on Friday. So again, for the second time, we have mention of the funeral and the hockey game are both on Friday. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's what it seems like because, again, they're really running up against the clock. Like when they call at 6 o'clock, and by the way, Berg, who doesn't look like he's doing anything in his office, also must be in his office. It's practically – it's after Memorial Day, and he's in his Manhattan office Friday at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. According to that schedule, right? Okay. Yeah. That's never happened in the history of mankind. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if it's possible for that to still be the same day because we're going to get to the funeral for Gary Fogel here in a second. All right. So then uh, Kramer gets the download about how Gary Fogel, the guy who faked that he had cancer, he died. Uh, he didn't actually have cancer. It was a car accident. He was adjusting his toupee while he was driving and lost control of the car. I do think this is a shot at Lovett somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll see. All right. I feel like that John Lovitz might have spoken out about it if that was the case. Maybe, but I don't I don't know if Lovitz had like the juice to speak out. Or maybe they thought like, ah, Lovitz, we love you. We're going to kill you off. Don't you think that's funny? Like maybe he was in on the joke. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I just think it's funny that they have a guy who was faking that he had cancer and then he dies, but not from anything having to do with what was talked about in the episode. It's possible that just the writer's room was trying to come up with like, who could, who could be like, who is this person who died? We want to have someone who will have some sort of impact by not just making up, you know, another like Bob Sacamano type name that we're not going to see. Right. And so that's like, here's an innocuous person we're not going to have back on. So, yeah, I think they sort of like went through, okay, who are all the season six people that we've seen? Like, hey, well, no, we want to do something else with Poppy. And also like, and also like, yeah, and if you kill off Poppy, why is Alec Berg going to Poppy's funeral? (laughs) Why is Alec Berg going to Gary Fogel's funeral? At least they could be peers somehow. (laughs) Okay. All right. So here we go. It's Friday. Gary Fogel's funeral. Okay, and we get the information from Elaine that the priest that Putty screamed at is not doing well. He's gone insane. Oh, and I said Italy. He's from El Salvador. My apologies. He's from El Salvador. And uh, Jerry does like a Putty impression here. Uh, Jerry, uh, very mocking of Putty. Uh, He does uh, got to support the team. It's actually a really good impression. I feel like Jerry's not really an impressionist, but it's Mm -hmm. a good one. But I feel like that it's the same impression that Jerry does of Tony, the mimbo. His impressions are similar, but for whatever reason, they sound like putty. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you hear people just like crying and weeping. And I think that this is a pretty good uh, look into the window of what we're supposed to think about these Seinfeld characters. Because uh, that you just hear people like horrified and so sad at the funeral. And Elaine, after like a pregnant pause, just, you know, I really hate my clothes. <laughs> Yeah, because they're like the last people on the list who should be there. They didn't even like this guy. They weren't super close with him. Well, Jerry was close enough that Gary Fogel told him he had cancer, even though he was lying to him. Elaine, like you sort of like when we talk about that, Elaine did not know Gary Fogel at all. The episode doesn't really say it like that, where Elaine's like, why am I going to this funeral? I don't even know this guy. But Elaine is at least that we know that this was an acquaintance at best. Yeah, it's fair. But also, like, it, it, we really should be paying attention here to, like, what monsters they're being, that they're so, like, insensitive to the funeral. There really was, like, the finale really is just, like, us missing the years of writing on the wall that they are terrible people. <laughs> yeah. So, Elaine, it's like she can only wear something, like, three or four times, and then uh, that's it. It's a terrible problem. All right, so here comes Alec Berg. He walks in, doesn't acknowledge Jerry too much, just takes a seat. Jerry is saying, like, oh, hey, what kind of a hello was that all right so we find out that later on the episode there's a such a thing as a funeral hello do we know was alec berg annoyed with them um we almost don't know because it's the type of thing 
where it's like, oh, had you, you know, now he's like, he was maybe annoyed that they didn't call. And now they call and he's like, oh, had you just called a little earlier, it would have been fine, which is true, probably. Had he called earlier before whenever he gave the tickets away, it would have worked. We have no reason to think one way or the other is correct. Okay. Is that true also? Like the, the hello at the funeral, is that like a rule? Uh, I think that it's probably you're not going to be like really like, hey, you know, as George would say later on in the episode. Actually, Jewish people at a Shiva house, people know what Shiva is. Do I have to explain I that? I think like, people know. Um, so like when so, the mourners, when someone comes in to to greet them like that, you know, it's not they don't they'll never you don't they don't say like, hi, mm-hmm. you don't you don't actually like greet them with a hello or a goodbye or anything like that. OK, so what time of day is the funeral? It feels like a day funeral. Day funeral. Early afternoon at the latest. Early afternoon at the latest. Okay, so give me a time. Let's say, let's give benefit of the doubt. Is it 10 a.m.? If you want to say, like, just to give it more time, 10. But I would, I would have guessed noon. Mm-hmm. Also, it looks like they are in a funeral home and not, uh, like, I, I don't know where they're off to uh, after this, uh, to a, uh, a church. Uh, again, it does not feel like this is a, a shiva call, so it doesn't seem like, right, we're going to... Uh, like this, this does not. You don't recognize uh like this uh proceeding. Well, I don't know. Why are you assuming that Gary Fogel is Jewish? Uh, I mean, I'm just trying to guess here because uh, is I John Lovitz sure. Jewish? I don't know. I don't. I don't. He might be actually, but I don't know. I don't. It doesn't. It, to me, it felt like a church almost. But it's not a church. I mean, I feel like that they're at a funeral home, not a church. It's a funeral home, and then they're going to drive to the cemetery. Yeah, I feel like that, uh, you know. But the, Jerry and Elaine aren't driving to the cemetery. They're not, they're not like cemetery friends. Mm-hmm. Cemetery is the, friends are, is the next level. They're clearly not at that level. Well, there's the, there's the funeral home, uh, and then there's the church, and then uh, there's a the cemetery. There's really three stops there. So I don't well, know. not if they don't do a church. Maybe they're yeah, not church. I'm saying, but for Gary Fogel, there's three stops. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure where they're going. So maybe let's just say, assume it's this first thing in the morning, and... Then you think they went to Gary Fogel's wake? Did he have a wake? You have the wake at nighttime. Like the wake's the night before, right? Yeah, or, or two nights before, something like that. I oh. went to one wake. How was that? I would say actually it was in your neck of woods. I think it was in Wanta. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was. You know, it's a little. It was a little. Uh, it was a little. You know, it was. It was. Uh, it was a kid also, so it was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! All right. Well, uh, really, on that bright note, <laughs> really, really a bummer. <laughs> All right, so, all right, we th- assume we're going to just say for the benefit of the doubt, okay, it's Friday early in the day. So we now see at the New York Zoo office, I guess we will, should assume this is also on Friday, uh, they're having a problem with Barry, that Barry is not functioning the way he normally did. He has even curtailed his autoerotic activities, and they want Kramer to apologize to Barry. Yeah, it is funny. Like, so Sienna, by the way, very good name, is like, she's like one of the, the main people at the zoo. I guess so. And and this other guy. It seems like a very small operation, this zoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we end up with uh, Kramer saying he will not apologize to Barry. He started it, and then he tries to say something to Sienna about how George really likes her, and then the other guy at the zoo says, oh, she doesn't hear too well out of her left ear. So now, does she hear this in, in hindsight? That's a good question. That's also a very good question. All right. So then we end up with Jerry and George back at jerry's apartment so now the funeral is over jerry has changed out of the clothes for the funeral it's a friday afternoon george does not seem to be working uh he's at jerry's house here comes kramer and uh kramer comes in and explains that he just spoke to george's girlfriend and 
she does not hear that great out of her left ear. Yes, which George, it's also interesting. George likes or loves Sienna enough to tell her that he loves her, but doesn't know her well enough to know about her one physical disability. Mm-hmm. Alleged disability. She might just yes. be saying like, this is just like a thing. Like anytime somebody tells her, like her boss says, oh, I didn't hear you. I have bad hearing in my left ear. Yeah, that's not. That's actually a good point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's fake. That's why he doesn't know about it. It could be a fake thing. <laughs> so then we end up with uh, George realizing, oh, maybe she never heard it. It's like the whole thing never happened. It was like Superman spinning the earth backwards. Although, Keeve, you would not know about that because you've never seen any Superman movie. I was going to see Superman versus Batman, but everyone's like, don't see it. It's terrible. Yeah. Why? Are you a Batman guy? I've seen some of the Batman films. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a Superman movie. Okay. Would you be lost by the Superman mythos? I mean, I'm not a, a, an idiot. I feel like it's not that complicated. He doesn't like kryptonite. He likes Lois Lane. He works at a newspaper. Yeah. I feel like I got the whole thing down. I saw a couple episodes of the Terry Hatcher show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should they update that Superman works at a newspaper? Yeah. I feel like it's absurd. <laughs> well, what do you think? Should he work at like a Grantland type thing? You say you want him to work at like a blog? I feel like. Mm, that's nah, that's too lame. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a startup. I think he works at some tech startup. Silicon Valley, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So then. Is Superman in Silicon Valley on that show? I haven't seen it. Um, wait, what are you asking? In like season four, one of the characters just randomly is Superman. And it's a spinoff Superman show from that show. Wow. That would really be something if that was the case. Do you watch that show? No, but I think I'm going to start watching. I think I'm going to make yeah, it. People a, like it. I may we'll rewatch that. I, I think we should both watch that. I know you're a treadmill guy. I'm thinking about making it. Uh, I, I recently got an elliptical machine. I think we're about making that my elliptical show. Well, I'm no longer a treadmill guy because my parents took the treadmill out of my own room that, that I never in and I don't live in anymore. But I, I can no longer be called a treadmill guy. Okay. All right. So mark that down. No more. I'm so impressed. You remember all these things about me, though. This is like. I mean, I remember it's sort of like the uh, the interesting or unusual. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot of unusual stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of unusual. The mundane, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, but that being said, so George is going to say it again to Sienna. Okay, so what time of day is this? Oh, boy. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. It's like, let's say best case scenario, benefit of the doubt completely. Let's say it's noon. Let's say it's noon Kramer has had time to get to the zoo and get back. Jerry was at Gary Fogel's funeral. He came home. He just changed. Maybe George is on a lunch break or going in late. Let's say that's noon right now. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we see, you know, uh, continuing with uh, with Jerry and George, he's going to say it again. Uh, and so uh, George uh, says that, you know, he would like to say it for once to somebody who can actually hear it. He's like yelling at Jerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Kramer wants to know about the tickets with Alec Berg. And Jerry says that he did not get a good hello at the funeral. Uh, yeah. Kramer's super. Like, we didn't think Kramer was a fan, but he is a bandwagon Rangers fan at this point. Yeah, he's He really board. wants to go to these games. He had a great time. All right. So Jerry doesn't know if it was a funeral hello or if he was mad. Yeah. And we don't we never find out. Uh, Kramer has a really funny line where he asks Jerry if he's part of the society or not. And he says, and if you're not, then you should get in your car and move over to the east side. Yeah. You think that's why Chester lives on the east side? <laughs> Is that why? Doesn't have to say hello to people. <laughs> Act like a person. You have to say hello to the doorman. Oh, that's true. He doorman. does love the doorman. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. What are their names? Do you remember their names? I do not. <laughs> and so then Kramer uh, really zings Jerry. He calls him a uh, stubborn, stupid, silly man. 
Kramer's totally right here. There, literally, there's no skin off Jerry's back to just make this phone call. Okay. So here's Putty and Elaine at Elaine's apartment. Putty wants to know, why don't people have dip for dinner? Should we conclude that it's dinner time? Or are they just eating dip in the middle of the afternoon and Putty wants to know why aren't they eating it for dinner? I think it's got to be getting late. There's no way you could just say that if it's lunchtime. There's no reason to say that. Right. Like you wouldn't Because be... you'd say, why don't people eat dip for lunch or mm-hmm. for as a meal? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even look like dip, though, that he's eating. It looks more like he's eating like guac. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I couldn't really tell. But I think, uh, yeah. But uh, we don't even know if the, if the Elaine Putty storyline is in the time, same time frame as the... Like, we don't know if we're in order. That's like a good question to ask. Well, what is this, you know, a Tarantino movie? We're not even getting the story in order? Listen, we get an episode that goes backwards in a few seasons. Right, but that's an episode that goes backwards. I'm not assuming that every episode of Seinfeld is told in some random mishmash order. I think the like when we see Jerry and then we see him again, that's an order. But who is to say that when we see Jerry? No, no, and no. Then- we have to operate under the assumption that every scene that we see on this show is happening in sequential order that it happened. You can't just blow up the Seinfeld universe like this. All right. Uh, uh, yes, sir. We can't. We, that, this changes everything if we are going to say that sometimes we're seeing scenes that happen earlier before other scenes that happen. We've already established that nothing interesting will ever happen when we're not watching them. Right. Like when we go to commercial break, they're just like going to the bathroom or something. There's nothing interesting going on. But sometimes interesting things are happening. Like Kramer is getting hit with the banana peel when we're not watching him. Yeah, but then we hear about it. We, we, would, hear about we would never like if we miss something during commercial break, we find out about it a couple <laughs> scenes later at the latest. Mm-hmm. All right. So Elaine tells Putty they should talk and she doesn't want to see him anymore. I like Putty's reaction. He's like, oh, my God, you're kidding. Why? Yeah, Putty is really funny. He's really a good actor. He's really uh near the top of like the you know the 10 plus you know i'd say the five plus time appearance guest stars Mm -hmm. i really like uh warburton i I think he's growing on me as we watch him again yeah he's good elaine tells putty she can't date him he's a face painter i mean elaine does think of herself as some fancy book lady she should not be dating some it's one thing to date a mechanic there was this atrocious new york post article today Mm -hmm. about like people dating uh like below their class level Mm. It was like, yeah, this lady's a lawyer and her husband is an electrician with tattoos. Her husband reads the New York Post. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Listen, I love the Post. It's my first stop every day. Yeah, good, good app. The, uh, I, I think that, uh, so it's one thing for like him to be a mechanic, but at least he's a really good mechanic. But now he's like a face painting hockey fan. That's too much for proper Elaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. All right. So then... Going uh, from that, Putty says, okay, well, I, it's not like it's a habit or anything. I'll just stop doing it. And Elaine is like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. And he says, all right, uh, I got to go home and get changed before the game, and then I'll come back and we'll make out. All right. Yeah, I, do, I love Putty. That's a great line. <laughs> all right. So what time of day is Putty eating dip with Elaine and then talking about that he is going to go to his house and come back? Got it can't be earlier than 4 o'clock. Can't be earlier than 4 o'clock. If he's talking about dinner and like he's worried about the game, but we don't know where he lives. But even if it's a few blocks away, you know, I think it's got to be in the four four thirty range. Okay, so George and Sienna are back in the car. Is it daytime or nighttime? Oh, boy. I'm going (laughs) to say it's it's four oh one four oh one. All right. So George, he is with Sienna and he grabs her face to Sienna. I love you. And she says, yeah, I know. I heard you the first time. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, you feel George's pain there for a second. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. She was good. I liked Sienna. Yeah, she was actually one of the better girlfriends we've seen so far. Yeah. All right. So then Jerry is back at his house waiting for the phone to ring, waiting for Alec Berg to call up. Uh, his mom calls. He just chases her right off the phone. Yeah. When you, this is one of the most 90s things that's happened in the whole series. Mm-hmm. The idea that you have to keep the line free. So you don't even have to ask what would hold up afterwards. It's this. Yeah. He doesn't trust it in an emergency. Okay. So now we go back to Kramer at the zoo. Kramer, for some reason now, is deciding to apologize to Barry, the chimpanzee. We have no reason why he decided. He just did it. Mm, right. Especially after George is going to break up with Sienna. It's not even like George was like, come on. Like, it's just like really important to my girlfriend. You have to do right. it. He doesn't know that yet. Mm-hmm. So Kramer is apologizing to Barry about everything and says, look, you know, I'm sorry if I caused you any issues. I apologize between you and me. You started it. And so no hard feelings. And then. Kramer tries to shake the monkey's hand and he just spits in his face. Yeah, I mean, the, I wonder, like, I mean, I guess you could coax a monkey to do anything, right? Like the monkey actor. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, uh, you know, like, I wonder how many takes it took to get the monkey to do this. Yes. Yeah. Now, luckily, Kramer did not decide to go over the bars and go into the cage with Barry. Oh, yeah, because he would have been torn limb from limb. Mm-hmm. This would have been a much more unhappy ending for either Kramer or for Barry. Yeah, they would have had to shoot Barry. It would have been terrible. <laughs> really would have been. Um, of, there would have been like a lot of a lot of signatures on uh, AOL 2.0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People would have been very upset about this. All right. So Putty is now back at Elaine's house. How long of a trip is it for Putty to go to his house and then come back? And he must have to live only a few blocks away for this to work out. OK. Why did Putty have to leave? Uh, what did he? What did he say? He wanted to get dressed for the he game. He wanted to go home and get changed before the game. Right, but really, he he was leaving to paint his chest. He just didn't say that. Okay, so he has to go to his house and then has to go and paint his chest. You know, it's interesting that Putty the first time around paints his face. Did he already have plans to not be painting his face that night? Because Elaine says, "I don't want you to paint your face anymore." He's like, "Okay, oh, that's no big deal." Did he say that to her knowing that, oh, I'm not painting my face anyway. I'm painting my chest because I'm going to the game with my other friends. It must be. He must have known. They're like, oh, perfect. You're asking me to do something I wasn't planning on doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he now comes back and Elaine and Putty are getting, you know, hot and heavy before we get into this game. And so Elaine rips open Putty's shirt and sees that Putty now has the letter D painted on his chest. Uh, Yeah. Um, you know, good thing that he was the D also. You want to be the D in the devils. Is that true? I mean, what would be the optimal letter to be the D? Yeah, you want to be the D. Hmm. You don't want to be like the I or in the middle or something. You don't want to be um, the I? Yeah. I feel like that would be the least amount of face paint or body paint. Yeah, that's true. It's less pain. It's easier to get off. I feel like if I had this, it would still be on me two weeks later. I would never be able to get off this. Like, I feel paint. like the I might just like sort of like maybe you sort of like painting on. Yeah, but it's abs. a capital I. It's not like the lowercase uh, I isn't bad. Yeah, lowercase I isn't as bad. because. But is it just an like, does it have the uh, the serifs on it? Is that the right terminology? What, what, what happens if you have a lot of chest hair? Like guys who have a lot of chest well, hair. Well, Putty had a lot of chest hair. Yeah, so like it's still visible. I guess you have to really run over it a few times. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what Putty is doing. Never painted my chest. The, I also think like Putty really, he almost gets off scot-free here because like he couldn't have known that Elaine was just going to tear his shirt off. Well, he did say to her, hey, I'll come back and we'll make out. I mean, yeah, but he just said make out like maybe there wasn't time for anything else because they're going to the game is about to start. I don't know. I think I would be very concerned, although maybe my, that uh, I would probably prioritize my concerns uh, <laughs> and not have uh, the 
face pain or body pain be the number one priority. But you would think that if you had face or body paint on you and had a shirt over it, you wouldn't want to be like uh, going for a roll in the hay right sure. before you went to the game. And he could have tried an undershirt, at least would have, would have spared him some more time. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So Elaine says to him, like, Putty, what is this? You said no more painting. And he said, yeah, you said no more painting my face. Yeah. And it's hard to, to see if Putty's some great mastermind or if he's just a doofus who doesn't understand. OK. All right. So we go back to Jerry's house and here is Kramer. And he wants to know, did Alec call? Did he call yet? No, he did not. So Kramer says, just pick up the phone. It's six o'clock. You have to call him. So I guess if this is six o'clock, I guess we could say that if everything was spaced out, as we said, it could have all happened in one day. Yeah, but we're, we're giving a lot of scenes the benefit of the doubt. Also, just the idea that like we're going to we're going to give up at like six o'clock. The game is probably at seven or seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to we're going to call it at six and not at noon. Like the cutoff has to be way before six. Even a guy like Berg might not be in the office anymore at six. He might have given the tickets away. He might not have them on them anymore. Right. Like it's a crazy like calling an hour before the game. You're, you're hoping for a miracle. How would he even get the tickets? Are the tickets just uh, like the will call desk? And then Jerry just has to go pick them up. Like Alec Berg just calls into like, That's oh, yeah, my buddy is just going to pick them up because he doesn't hand them the tickets for Wednesday. Right. And he doesn't say, come pick them up. So I'm going to guess, yes, they're a will call because if Berg's the type of guy who's not going to the game, it's probably just easier to leave all the tickets at will call. OK. All right. So then Alec Berg says, oh, I wish you would have called me earlier. I don't have them anymore. So Alec Berg doesn't seem too annoyed. No, but I think maybe even if he was annoyed, now he has no reason to be annoyed because Jerry's giving him the the the, th- the the thank you call. But also, like I do think you'd have to lead lean towards uh, saying that that it was just a funeral uh, shrug and not like I'm ignoring you because I'm mad at you. Right, because Alec Berg. I mean, what does he have to do? He has to like call Jerry and like beg him to take more Rangers tickets. Like, hey, Jerry, did you have fun at the Ranger game? Can I give you more free tickets? Uh, for right. The what game? was Jerry's like uh, plan A? So I don't know what Jerry really was hung up on here. It just seems kind of absurd that Jerry wouldn't call, especially if he wanted more tickets to say thank you. Yeah, I, I do think it's at, well, someone has a good take on this in the comments, but I, th- I think uh, it is a little out of character here. All right. So Alec Berg, tell me, this is, I think, uh, pretty wild, a little far fetched. He says, OK, well, I don't have tickets that are my good seats, but I have a friend. He's got a couple seats in the nosebleed section if you don't mind. And Jerry says, we don't care. We just want to be there. They're such front runner Ranger fans that they just, uh, they don't, they just need to be in the building. There's one little catch though. So we go to Madison square garden and now lo and behold, Kramer and Jerry are now the E and the V in Putty's chest painting devil's gang. Yes. Six people, six people. All right. So Kiva explain, explain to me, Mm -hmm. how this all happened where putty was part of a group of six people who were painting their chest to go to the devil's game and unbeknownst to putty two of the guys dropped out somehow alec berg was the connection and uh he said oh great i have two guys who i'll send to you to go be the e and the v in devils really one of the world's great coincidences Mm -hmm. that they were still relying on alex berg sitting in his office at six (laughs) o'clock They couldn't just find people on the street willing to be in the E and the V. Right. And are Jerry and Kramer, like, uh, do they just rescind their sudden bandwagon support for the Rangers to wear the E and the V in Devils? It is a really good question. Let's say I had World not I, because that's a bad example. Someone has World Series tickets. You're in New York, okay? 
Right. No, better idea. You're in L.A. It's Mets Angels World Series this year. Okay. You're going to have to suspend belief a lot. Okay. Someone says, hey, Rob, I have two tickets or a ticket for you to go to the World Series. Mm -hmm. The Mets could clinch tonight. They're up three games to two. Mm -hmm. However, you need to wear an Angels jersey and like paint your face Angels colors. Right. Hmm. It would be sort of like on The Walking Dead when uh, people like cover themselves in guts so the zombies yes. don't get them. Like yeah. I kind of do that when I go to Dodgers games. Like I sort of like if I go to Dodgers match. You wear a Dodgers hat or you go neutral? No, I kind of just wear blue. Uh, and then people like I'm able to walk amongst like the horrible Dodgers fans who want to <laughs> kill me and they don't know I'm wearing like a disguise. They think I'm one of them until my wife opens her big mouth and starts telling them Dodgers suck. And then it's like, run, get out of here. But I'm like covering myself in the guts so they don't know. They well, don't I was going to say they wouldn't beat a woman, but I'm not so sure from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, uh, not so all I, Dodgers fans are horrible. Just the-, the ones that are in these gangs and then uh, sit in like the really cheap seats. You, so you wouldn't sit, you wouldn't cheer for the Angels, obviously, in this hmm. scenario. But, but it's like, would you wear an Angels hat, I guess, is the question. And it's hard. I don't know. Like how it's. Also, like, I feel like you'd rather watch the game at home anyway. I'd rather I'm not sure how, be at home. how much you'd want to be there. Yeah, um, it's a little bit different. We don't know if Jerry and Kramer are sort of lifelong diehard Ranger fans either. That seems like they're just sort of like, right. oh, this was fun. Oh, we like playoff hockey. Hey, uh, Rangers just won the cup last year. We're on the bandwagon. Yeah, I, right. There are a lot of bandwagon uh, Rangers fans like this st- subplot isn't even a hockey subplot. Now it would probably be like uh, basketball or, or football in a different season. Mm hmm. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, we don't know much about that, but uh, it's interesting. It's it's uh, it's really a, a deal with the devil. No pun intended. <laughs> All right. And then finally, we have one scene that's uh, at the end, the tag. Here is the priest, the El Salvadorian priest, and he is in bed and uh, that they tell him a woman is here to see you. She has important information that could be helpful to you. And so then uh, Elaine, apparently it was raining. And so she's like in some sort of like white raincoat. And then uh, she stands over his bed and he is under the belief that Elaine is the Virgin Mary. Yeah, it's almost worth not discussing. It's such a bad scene that there's really no positives in this whole scene. It's so absurd on a number of levels. Mostly, why is Elaine going to see the El Salvadorian priest? Is she just going to explain to him? No, my idiot boyfriend uh, was a Devils fan. I think that would have been the easy way out. So she doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that must have been why she was there. That They said that a woman is here to give you important information. Yeah. It, 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 there's really no good answer. This is, I think, the worst ending of any scene we've seen so far, of any episode we've seen so far. It ruins an otherwise perfectly fine episode that just has a couple plot holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an atrocious end. Now, can I tell you what the alternate ending is? No, I, I don't want to know until we go through again. No, I'm just kidding. Tell me. Okay. <laughs> Brace yourself. It's insane. Okay. The, and it also, it must have been, it would have to be out of context because it's a scene we've seen before done differently. Okay. I wish you had like two other fake endings, I guess, which was the real ending. Oh, yeah. I feel like if this wasn't like four hours in, I would do that. But. Okay. I'm nervous we won't get to the uh, the listener questions at this point. You got it. Um, okay. So George goes to say, I love you for the second time mm-hmm. to Sienna. And he says, I love you, Sienna. And she says, I love you too. 
Okay. And George Costanza says, will you marry me? Mm-hmm. And she says, yes. Okay. End scene. That's I the end? Like, that's it. That's the end of, that was the alternate ending. Wow. Now, remember, I know you're like floored. And so my, I had no idea the scene existed. Mm-hmm. I really should have. I didn't see the alternate ending till till close to filming, to airing here. But I really should have asked Fred Stoller. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through to LD on this one. But Fred Stoller does have a, a credit on the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll ask him for next week. Like, it, what the deal was, my guess is that they're almost like floating a balloon of if they like this plot line, if they like the actress, that this would be George's fiance. Because we're only two episodes away from George getting engaged, right? Mm-hmm. It's happening in the season seven premiere. Yeah. And Susan's nowhere to be found now. Hmm. So I, I wonder if this was, if she was supposed to be Susan. That is extremely intriguing it's i've I, there's no literature on this anywhere mm-hmm. like if anyone has seen any answer i don't know the good researchers like sean falconer or paul borges or somebody like chester I, I i would be fascinated to know why is it just like this was a joke scene they just took like a a joke take and now they're calling it the alternate ending i will ask still i'm not sure if he'll have an answer if he even is you know that may have been above his pay grade to begin with okay yeah that would be worth a deep dive i think and because he leaves after the season also so i wonder if stoller um pounded the table like no yeah i wonder if he's like you know he will not marry sierra you know sierra or, or he, he or, has to or he has to marry sierra so he didn't get his way he quits in a huff and goes on to bad mouth mm-hmm. the show and write, writes a kindle single about his seinfeld year okay all right well we would love to find out about it maybe it's in the kindle book that he has yeah if someone wants to buy solar's <laughs> kindle book let's see how much it is i mean Hold chester on. can't just knock that out in a weekend a weekend what do you, what do you think he's doing something at work <laughs> he's a real oh, I, got a, I got amazon prime i think i could i could i could read it on prime for free i could do that right now okay well don't do it right now because we got to get through talking about the episode anything else that would be different from 1995 to 2016 the idea of needing to like keep your phone line free mm-hmm. is crazy and is hard to explain to a true millennial right um, uh kramer would be arrested after throwing the banana peel at the chimpanzee oh, no question. right and like tito would throw banana peels at him mm-hmm. they'd like protest outside his apartment and also i think it would just be easier for uh alec berg to dispose of the tickets i think he would have put them on StubHub or something seat geek yeah seat geek we love seat geek yes yeah they're great all right so then Keeve, uh, let's get into our letter grades here for this episode. Why don't we start with George with the I love you? It's pretty, you know, is it, f- it it's an interesting storyline. It's definitely not a boring storyline, the George one. So I'll give it an A minus. There's no, uh, you know, there's no really funny scene, but it's almost better as like a, a show than than like comedically. Like there aren't a lot of hilarious jokes. There's some good like throwaway lines, mm-hmm. but uh, it, but it's interesting. Other than the the very brief Elaine Priest stuff. There aren't really any boring scenes. It's like more of a plot-driven episode. Yeah. Uh, we don't spend a ton of time with George in this episode. I've got no problem with the A-. minus. What about uh, Jerry and the Alec Berg thing? Yeah, you know, the idea of, of like not saying thank you is fine. There's nothing bad in it. Uh, and I guess the ending, like if you give some credit to Jerry, it's okay. I'll give him a B. B. I'm living with that. Okay. What about Kramer? Does Kramer have a, the story with the monkey? Yeah, the monkey I think is funny. It's, it's, a, it's like really OJ a C story. It. OJ gave it an A. 
Yeah, if OJ gives it an A, then uh, OJ's never been wrong about any decision he's made in his life. He loved so. it. He loved. I'll give it an A minus. Okay, and then Elaine with the putty and the face painting. The putty's fine, but I'm I'm going to give Elaine an F just because the last scene is so bad. <laughs> wow, she has to take the fall for it. I'll give her a C for Elaine. Elaine. Elaine yeah, like Elaine. I'll give Putty a, a, a B plus. Putty's great in this episode. Uh, also, because this is a a breakup, like it's not really made official, but like when she sees the. The chest painting, we don't see Putty again uh, in season eight. He comes back a lot in season nine, but he's gone for a while What now. about season seven? Well, see, there's only one episode left, and we don't see him. This is season six. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, he doesn't come back till season nine. Wow. Okay. So, You're right. I, so I skipped again. I did say we were going to skip a season uh, last week on the podcast. So, so in my mind, I'm already skipping it. <laughs> All right. I thought we were done with season seven. Oh, shoot. We got a lot to go. Got a lot to go. All right. Keeve, what is your episode ranking? Is the face painter in the top nine pantheon? Of course not. No. <laughs> All right, just checking. All right, where is it? I'm, I'm going to predict. I, uh, let's see. Uh, is it higher or lower than uh, 94 for the Rangers Cup? It's better than 94. Better than 94. Is it in the top 50? No. Okay, where you got? Uh, 88. 88, okay. Why, you think it should have been better? No, I would have guessed probably like 65. It, you know, it, should, it would easily be in the 50s or 60s if the, if the last scene wasn't so terrible. Okay, last scene brings it down. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get into uh, a couple of housekeeping things. Of course, we're going to talk about our emails that come into us. Seinfeld at post show recaps is the email address. Uh, I would expect that we probably got a lot of emails um, that we're recording this uh, later on in the week. How many how many emails do we have today, Keith? Uh, by, by far the record, the most we've had so far. In, OK, in, right, in, right. Right. So like, usually we're recording this uh, earlier on in the week, but now we're on summer schedule. We're trying to record these a little bit later on in the week so we can get to more of the voicemail. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Also, post-show recaps, uh, which is part of the greater network that uh, the Seinfeld post-show recap is on, is nominated for a podcast award. Daily voting is continuing through June 12th, 2016. If you are so inclined to vote for post-show recaps for the best TV and film, and also the People's Choice Podcast of the Year. I've been voting. I get that, I get that email. Uh, that's very annoying. Boom. You do it. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> what but we have. From listening to our podcast where we're sort of like we've built up a tolerance to the annoying. So that's really that's really where you're in training by listening to these podcasts. That's true. Yes. The, the mildly annoying just doesn't even phase you anymore. Oh, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, vote for us. Uh, like I like I tweeted, uh, I already write on my resume that I'm an award-winning podcaster, but it would be nice for it to be true. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's uh, get into all of these different email questions. Why don't we start with Akiva's anonymous friend on the Fasili Jerry, who writes in to say, the Fasili Jerry was on the night before my wedding. It made an already unknown topic so much more nerve-wracking for my innocent mind. All right, so this is one of my friends. He grew up very religious. So he uh, he had abstained until marriage, I guess, is the is the background yes. to this email. All right. Uh, and so it made an already unknown topic so much more nerve wracking for my innocent mind to this day. When I speak to grooms, I tell them to avoid Seinfeld the night before their wedding in case the episode is on. Uh, Akiva, uh, yes. remind me uh, what. What part of the Fusilli Jerry are we talking about? Uh, he's talking about the moves. He's, he's oh, worried about moves. He's worried if he has any moves. I thought we were talking about uh, the uh, oh, million oh to one shot pe- uh, penetration. I thought, like, oh, what is no. going on here? <laughs> it's like Rob's like, what, what happens at Jewish weddings? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about something that might need, require no, this the makes ass sense. man. No, I feel like. 
this is a funny story. Whoever this anonymous person is is writing in. <laughs> um, I, he that you know he he's uh, he's you know a, a newcomer mm-hmm. and he's very nervous night before his wedding. Yeah. It's it's actually going to be his first time, like in the olden days. And and then he sees this episode and people you know talking about not having any moves and it you know and and people not having game and and uh, I feel like that could be nerve wracking. Yeah. But the the woman doesn't have any moves. Yeah, but you don't know that. You're just nervous. Yeah, I guess so. Um, what, what would be like the best thing to watch the night before your wedding? <laughs> maybe some sort of like instructional uh, video. Uh, maybe that's probably what. It, I mean, I guess it sounds like now he's giving the advice. He must, you know. I guess it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. He's speaking to grooms, telling him not to watch Seinfeld. All right. What else do we got from the uh, inbox? All right, Colin, our our pizza delivery correspondent. So we were talking about. Uh, who the new Will Chamberlain is? Who's like the guy who, you know, can pick up all the ladies? Russell Brand, we said. Someone said Russell Brand. So we said, could someone top that? We didn't like the Russell Brand answer. So Colin, the, the pizza delivery correspondent, says uh, that immediately came to mind. It's got to be John Mayer. John Here's Mayer. a list of his, fa- his famous girlfriends. Jennifer Aniston, Jessica Simpson, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Minka Kelly, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. It's a good list. That's I a mean- pretty impressive list. And that's just who we know about. I also think he... he Spoke out of school about one of them, maybe Katy Perry, one of, and like he said way too much, and I think now he's like doesn't really do press anymore because mm. he went too far over the line. Yeah, he got a bad Vince, rap. Yeah, so now like he probably has more famous girlfriends we don't know about. Vince Ham writes in and says last week you were trying to speculate who would be the modern day Will Chamberlain. Rob speculated it must be a musician, and I would agree with him. So Vince Ham nominates John Mayer. Wow. So independently, we had two people nominate John Mayer. Vince Ham says. As for the female nominee, oh boy. I propose Taylor Swift, who has dated Joe Jonas, Taylor Lautner, Jake Gyllenhaal, Connor Kennedy, Harry Styles, and Calvin Harris. R.I.P. that relationship you've been following, you know, TMZ today. Uh, John, John Mayer and Taylor Swift also, of course, famously dated each other, which I feel really solidifies these nominations. Very good point. I I'm feel like fine good with the John Mayer thing that I yeah. think you're going to get a lot of backlash if you start saying that Taylor Swift is the pinnacle, if we're talking about, like, uh, what lady is uh, the biggest ass woman? What is the woman <laughs> who is, like, getting the most guys? If you're saying it's Taylor Swift, you are going to get a angry squad coming after us. That, that is not a squad goal that we should be trying to say. Taylor Swift gets the most uh, action of any woman. Mm-hmm. Listen, gender is a social I disavow. Concept. <laughs> okay vince ham you're on your own for this one you you're on your own the, you could deal with this what, what are her fans called the swiftinators yeah the swifties i feel like that there are any number of kardashians that you could uh plug into that role oh that's not bad kim kardashian's a good one there actually see chloe kardashian uh dating odell beckham jr oh that's a good one yes uh no she really is that's for real no, I'm um, saying that's like a, that's a good pickup for her. I feel like I don't know if it's the right move for Odell. Oh, yeah. This is a, a brutal news for any New York Giants fan. Oh, yeah. No the question. one saving grace of the New York Giants is the Odell Beckham Jr. And now here comes the Yoko Ono of professional sports. Uh, Chloe Kardashian is just going. I mean, Tom Coughlin is rolling over in his grave right now. What's even worse is that Courtney is dating her uh, Beckham's cousin who just got cut by the Jets. Oh, really? No, I don't no, know. But no, no. he did have a he did have a cousin who just got cut by the Jets. Oh, yeah, the guy with the blue hair. Yeah, and by the way, if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., the Giants are signing my cousin. <laughs> like yeah. he's not going to the Jets. You know what I mean? Like you guys better do me a favor. Yeah, he must really. Like, if suck. I was Michael Jordan, I'd, like my brother's on the team. You know what I mean? Right. 
How many had teams had to have like a Greg Maddox's brother? Of course, just yeah. to like they think that they could get him. Yeah, that doesn't. And J.R. Smith's brother like could barely play in college, and he's J.R. Smith, mm-hmm. and he got his brother uh, a, a, like a full season contract with the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Like if LeBron wanted his kid on the team, he'd be on the team the next day. Right. All right. Here is a email from Zvi. Am I saying that right? Zvi. Zvi. Uh, he says, Zvi. "I'm not still not saying it right." Zvi. Z V I. Zvi. Zvi. Make it this sound. Zvi. Okay, that's good. Okay. He says, "Can we get another feedback flash voicemail show? I know you just did one, but I thought it was a really fun episode. Or can we get a crossover episode of 32 signed fans and have Rob rank his top 100?" or whatever TV shows, whatever you decide. I hope we at least get a serial-style random list from Akiva as well. That is serial, C-E-R-E-A-L. All right. It's under, it's up, it, it, would, would you consider any of those things? Um, well, hold on a second. Did, did Serial Season 2 ever finish? Did it just, like, they just, like, uh, stop making episodes, or they actually went through yeah, the finished. Whole, they, 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 they finished. They finished. They finished. Bo Bergdahl, uh, he's, uh, he's still Bo Bergdahl. Did they resolve anything, or is it exactly No, of course they didn't resolve yeah. anything. Nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. Why? Really came. You, and went. you get. You gave it up. You quit serial season. Yeah, you two? made it through. Yeah, I'll always listen to that. But I, I feel like season three better come back with a vengeance, or I'm unsubscribing. It better be murder mystery or GTFO, right? Uh, I agree. I agree. Okay. And and reply all is doing a good true crime story right now. Also, if people want to check that out. Okay. All right. Uh, for the off season, I feel like that uh, we've had a couple of ideas. Uh, Fred Stoller AMA. Uh, another feedback show that seems like to very soon to go back to that. Well. Yeah, I don't. I think I don't, the next one's probably right when we end or at the end of the series. I don't think we need to do that again. I mean, maybe I really like my idea. I want to hear what people think because we floated a few ideas. I do like the idea of listening to an episode and doing a podcast over it. Okay. All right. Well, let let us know. Uh, in terms of me ranking, it's a, I don't want to have to do like hours of work to go. through What about it. top ten? You can't rank your top ten TV shows. Top ten TV shows. I, I, I yeah, fine. I, I can do it if people really want. But I don't. That. I feel like is that like giving it away? Like at some point, would you ever want to do something like that? That you know, where you don't want to say what your favorite TV show is and offend the other TV shows. Mm, right. Like if uh, a certain show's not on the top ten, then people can say like, "Hey, what well, WTF." Sure, um, exactly. Like Amazing Race doesn't make your top 100 people be mad. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? It's in the top 100. Stop it, Akiva. Uh, so, well, well, let's see. Let's see what the response is. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dan from Indiana says, this has to be the worst timing for an episode review. After the incident at the Cincinnati Zoo with the four-year-old and the gorilla, it has to be difficult to laugh at the scene between Kramer and the chimp. I mean, also, I- the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, so at least we have that going for you. Nah, I feel like it was good timing. I feel like we're going to benefit. We're going to get a bump this week from mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Zoo thing. Yeah, we're going to really get- going to turn tragedy into dollars here. We've got the Harambe bump right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Harambe. I, yeah, I don't think that that really interfered with the enjoyment of the episode for people. Oh, not right? at all. You can't laugh at Kramer with the chimpanzee. Now it would be funny if it was like so offensive that like the TBS is like, oh, we're pulling the episode tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. too soon. After the Harambe thing, like if the how about this? If the kid had gotten eaten, right, mm-hmm. or like, or he smashed his head because they said he could like crush a like a coconut with one hand, right? If the kid threw a banana peel at Harambe, then yeah. I and feel then Harambe like, eats him, right? I feel like we, we like I don't know what we do this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I probably know. like I always think about like what Jerry's. You know when when uh, when Michael Richards w- went on the crazy racist rant. Mm-hmm. I always I, like Jerry must have been thinking the whole time like this show is never going to air again. Like it's going to be the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. And but for the grace of God, like he, you know, somehow gets out of it. And like 
Michael Richards has never worked, but the, the show really has not been tainted at all by it. Yeah. I wonder if that happened a few years later, what would have happened? Yeah, I do think in a, it was the very beginning of like, maybe Twitter existed, but like not really. Mm-hmm. I think if it happened now, it's ball game. Yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah. Like, what would happen? Like, Michael Richards better not say anything for the next year. Like, can you imagine if we couldn't finish the podcast? Because, like, he did something really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That would be real. That would be a real bummer. That would be a massive bummer on a number of levels. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so then uh, let's get into another voicemail. Johnny D. Silvera, who's going down with the ship. He said <laughs> that George speaks into Sienna's right ear and tells her he loves her again. She claims she heard him the first time. Has she been lying to her boss about hearing in her left ear or is her hearing in her right ear just good uh, to compensate? Uh, it's a good question, but we've, I, I, we, there's just no clues here to any of these 50-50 questions in this episode. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would believe, and also, like, is it canon that she would have said yet? Like, I don't you know, because, like, she sort of, she doesn't say in the deleted scene, she doesn't say, I know I heard you. Mm-hmm. I want to say she, she's at, like, why would you lie to your job? What would she get out of? pretending to have this minor right. disability. Oh, so the work. deleted scene, really, if it's canon, then, um, you know, it, I almost feel like that this deleted scene proves that deleted scenes are not canon because it's yeah, actually think, the, it's opposite, the opposite of what we saw in the episode. So a deleted but, scene, by definition, is not canon. Yeah, I think we really killed that theory today. Yeah. Craig from Vancouver, have either of us attended a sporting event really decked out, face paint and all to support? He spelled colors wrong. He put a U in there to support the team. <laughs> Uh, he did once when his BC lines were in the Grey Cup in 2011. That's the only time. And mm-hmm. if we ever sat next to a rowdy fan that ruined our experience at the game. I think Rob just told that story every time he goes to Dodger Stadium. In the cheap seats. In the cheap seats. The people are very nice in the, like, the people that are paying a lot of money. Oh, so when you sit next to, like, Larry David, he's nice. But when you sit in, the, in, the, in like, the top row with the people who get into the fights with the Giants fans. And right. Each- <laughs> right. They're not as nice. Like, by the way, football is really the thing. That's like you're going to see. You're going to take your kid now that there's a football team in L.A. Mm-hmm. You're going to and first of all, your kid's not going to grow up a Jet fan now. You're going to take your kid to a football game once and then never do it again because the here the things you hear at a football game you can never unhear. Oh well, I actually feel like that the L.A. football situation is actually very conducive to. I feel like that whatever team is the visiting team is going to have a huge audience. Like I feel like that there's not a big active. LA Rams mm-hmm. fan base, but I was actually uh, recently told by my brother-in-law uh, that that is not the case and that the LA Rams fans are horrible. So uh, I don't know what to believe anymore. And the, and for your purpose, the Jets only come once every eight years to an yes, NFC Yes, and actually so. the Jets are playing the Rams this year, but that game will be in New York. Right, so you have four years, not till 2020 to worry about it. Yeah. Also, yeah. my favorite show of all time. That was number one on my list, 2020. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay, uh, who's reading here? You read it. Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay wants to know, uh, given that you guys always mention that your wives are pretty much the only women in your lives, I think I know <laughs> the answer to this, but were either of you ever involved in a non-reciprocated I love you before you were married? Uh, I guess my phrasing implies that you have been uh, since getting married, uh, which wasn't really uh, at all what I meant, but feel free to discuss that too. Um, I'm trying to think. So there was in, when I was in college, uh, there was uh, this uh, girl that I had really pined for. And uh, I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember if I said I love you to her or if I just said, like, I want to be more than friends uh, with you. I think it was probably the latter. I think it was more of like, hey, I like you more than a friend. 
And it was basically like a response of, I'm hungry, let's get something to eat. Like, let's get the pizza. So you pined for her? You didn't yearn for her? Uh, I don't know if I yearned. Have you ever yearned uh, for a girl? There was a, there was a, a couple of different women uh, in my college days where I had uh, I liked them more than a friend. Uh, and I had sort of uh, made those feelings known, and they were unreciprocated. So you were friend-zoned. Friend-zoned, right, where I felt like, hey— like uh, we're so we're good friends. Uh, let's make this something more. And uh, was like, yeah, no. I just met you five seconds ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm was, your professor. No, 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 no. This is not not a professor. And uh, now I met you five seconds ago. Uh, but yeah, this is like, no, no. I I do not feel the same way about you. Oh well. All right. Well, you, I don't. I don't believe I said I love you. Let's hope not. At least we could convince ourselves of anything. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Harry Schaefer loved this episode because he's a big Devils fan. He says the only flaw is that uh, what season ticket holder wouldn't be make it, able to make it to any playoff game. Either Alex an extreme casual or they were just corporate seats. Mm, that's possible. Yeah, maybe they were corporate seats and he's just like the boss of the company or something. Yeah, that's possible. Um, yeah, what does know. Jeff P. have to say? Yeah, I mean that Alex Berg did not seem like he is sort of like typical blue collar live and die Ranger fan. Uh, the Rangers fans are pretty white collar. Like you go to the games now, people are coming from work in suits. It's really, you'd be surprised. It's not like the Islanders. The, the Rangers have some fancy fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe not in 90. I think, yeah, in 94 still, there was a lot of suits. Okay. Jeff P wants to know in the first scene at MSG, when Putty is standing up and yelling before the Devils score a goal, you can see Kenny Kramer sitting right behind him wearing a Rangers jersey. First and only appearance on the show for the real Kramer? Yes, first and only, good catch. First and only appearance. Him and Stoller sitting together, and Kenny Kramer makes his only appearance on the show. Okay, good call, good catch. Uh, Mo says that it bugs him that Putty says he's been a Devils fan since he was a kid because he's from Jersey, but the Devils, who were formerly the Kansas City Scouts, only moved to Jersey in 82. Warburton's born in 64. We don't know if that means Putty's born in 64, but it's probably close. So we could assume that Putty's supposed to be the same age, which means he's 18, hardly a kid. But listen, Putty could be a front runner. It's a good point, but... Uh, and they also, the Devils also used to be the Colorado Rockies. Really? Fun fact. The KZ Scouts, and they were called the Colorado Rockies. Who, who knew? I mean, I guess uh, Mo knew. Mo, Mo knew. Mo knows uh, the, history, Mo knows hockey. the history of the New Jersey Devils. All right, okay. last two emails. All right. Amir says, George comments that toilet paper hasn't changed in his lifetime, and in 10,000 years, it will still be exactly the same. While Jerry and Elaine noted this is obviously wrong, here are a few specific examples of how wrong he is. Amir says, at least three processes were patented to make toilet paper softer. He did a lot of research here. Toilet paper with lotion and aloe was introduced. Paperless toilets were invented complete with a washing, rinsing mechanism, a blow-drying component, and heating element. Uh, tube-free toilet paper was invented. He, inv- he mentions a lot of things. He says, just, this is just the start. I imagine there will be tons of innovations in this area in the next 10,000 years, including the inevitability of an environmentally conscious toilet paper-free world. Hmm. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm not sure... If we'll ever go uh, completely toilet paper list, but maybe like the base of the um, material won't even be paper. Maybe it'll be yeah, like some it could sort be some of like, recyclable something, yeah. right? Some sort of polymer that like sure. disintegrates after being in water for like a minute or something like that. Amir has a great catch. He says, George claims to have never said I love you to a woman. Amir says, every time I watch this episode, I'm incredibly bothered by just how wrong this is. In season two's The Ex-Girlfriend, George clearly explains that he told Marlene he loved her. And he quotes the scene. Jerry says, did you tell her you loved her? George says, this must have been in Monks. said, oh, I had no choice. She squeezed it out of me. She'd tell me she loved me. All right, at first, I just look at her. I go, oh, really? Or boy, that, that's something. 
but eventually have to come back with, well, I love you. You know, you can only hold out for so long. George says that nobody wants to be with someone that loves them. You want to be with someone that doesn't like you. He, Amir says that's a good callback to the masseuse from season five where jo- George falls in love with a woman because she dislikes me so much. It's irresistible. Yeah. One more question from Amir, who's on fire today. He says, I'm confused. How exactly did Elaine find out the details of this priest? And why does she even why does she care what happens to him? Right. How, did, how the heck did it like they just stopped at a light? How does Elaine? He's he's literally just a guy driving in a car past her. I don't know how she follows up. Additionally, she doesn't care about people in general and isn't uh, religious enough to care about this priest. If anything, Putty should be worried about the priest as he's the one who's religious and listens to Christian rock stations. Yeah. Good of call forward to season nine. Right. It's true. How, fish how does she car? Yeah. How does she keep track? Hmm. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's a great point. Maybe is there some sort of bumper sticker on the car that she knows. Maybe. I mean, and seems- all, like maybe there's only so many priests from El Salvador that like if they could have had any identifying detail. Maybe it's easy to find them. And again, you know, when things like this happen in a small town like Manhattan, I think that word just gets around pretty quick. Oh, you a small town where Putty's friend (laughs) happens to be friends (laughs) with Alec Berg and they go to the game together. And at the local church where they have the Gary Fogle funeral, you know, the local priest, (laughs) uh, you know, the story travels fast. Right. Okay. All right. And then finally, here's Chester who writes in to say, obviously, the Devils and Rangers didn't actually meet in the 1995 playoffs. Uh, they could have met in the conference finals had the Flyers not swept the Rangers in the second round. Boy, Chester really uh, picking at an old scab here. Yeah. And he, he, doesn't, he didn't even have a team, I don't think, in 1995 because the Minnesota Wild didn't exist yet. Or maybe the North Stars were still around. All right. He also says that Jerry's opposition to overthanking clearly seems like an LD story that fits George much better than Jerry. If I knew I had to give him 8 million thank yous, I wouldn't have taken the tickets in the first place. That's pure LD. I agree. Sometimes my dad will be like, oh, uh, you know, grandpa's got this client. He's got front row tickets, so you just have to send him an email. I'll be like, hard pass. I'm not <laughs> sending anybody an email. would rather not go to the game. Also, Chester says, well, what the hell is this New York Zoo, as the sign says? Is this the Central Park Zoo or the Bronx Zoo? Also, the hours described in the zoo sign are insane and make no sense. Check the attached screenshot. I do not have that. Eve, what is the attached screenshot which just okay so the new york zoo weekends 7 p.m friday to 6 a.m monday (laughs) holidays 7 p.m night before holiday to 6 a.m morning after but that's just like an easter egg that they put in there you know but chester i think this is a no parking sign and it's just cut off and that's why (laughs) chester's confused that makes sense because it says autos with wheelchairs allowed access to specified parking lots so it's it's a no parking sign that chester thinks is the hours to the zoo Mm mm-hmm Get out of town, Chester. We knocked that one out. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a good point. Okay. Chester, a uh, little bit of a faux pas here with this question. Uh, he says, when Jerry asked George if he's going to say, I love you again after having time reversed, uh, he responds, that's the question, Jimmy. Is it possible that having spun the earth backwards, George thinks he's still selling athletic wear with the Jimmy? Now, I'm not sure if Chester's making a joke here or not, but uh, the reference there is that he's talking about Jimmy Olsen, who works with Superman. Uh, maybe Chester's making a joke. Uh, even I caught that reference. Yeah, I probably he's probably making. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's probably uh, just uh, mentioning uh, season six is the Jimmy. Also, mm-hmm. uh, why is Kramer hating on the East Side of Outside Society? The East Side is higher society. Uh, yeah, I mean that's debatable. I think at this point they're pretty much uh, even. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, why would Kramer's apology meeting with Barry be permitted to take place absent of any zoo officials? Uh, certainly in a post Harambe world. Yeah, first of all, you can't leave him alone. Second of all, why is this chimpanzee indoors by himself? Third of all, I guess maybe because he's in timeout. Mm-hmm. 
the, uh, but also, yeah, like Kramer could just go in there, say, I apologize to Barry and that's it. Mm. And then finally, Chester wants to touch on how could Alec Berg be friends with Putty's chest painting friends? The whole story makes no sense. If the guy is a season ticket holder, he's a Rangers fan. If these guys are Devils fans, they clearly bought the tickets just for tonight's game. So why do they have extra? Also, if Jerry is so desperate to go to the game, he only expressed interest in hockey uh, the, the only time here in the entire series. Why doesn't he just, you know, buy tickets? Well, maybe it's a sellout. Uh, but do we ever find out what happened to the two guys who are out of the picture here, uh, the E and the V that are Putty's friends? I mean, as of 4 p.m., Putty was under the impression he was going to the game with five friends. They must have, these guys must have been caught up at work. I don't know. Is it possible these guys work for Alex Burke? Ooh, and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys are staying late with me. I'm going to give away the tickets. Right. You uh, stupid Devils fans. Uh, I'm going to keep you guys. If I'm missing the game. He's such a big Rangers fan. He can't go, but he'll prevent the Devils fans from going. Right. He's going to say, I need my home field advantage, and I'll send in these uh, two idiot friends that I have. I'll punish them. Uh, Now, do you think, is that possible that Alex Burke actually was pissed off? He didn't get a thank you. He had the tickets available, and as penance for screwing him over on no thank yous, he sent them to go sit with the obnoxious Devils fans and have to paint their chests. It could be, but it's not like they showed up and got their chests painted. Like they, when we don't see it, but when he says there is a catch, he tells them. So they could clearly say no. Does he clearly tell them, or does he say, "Oh, you can see them, but there's a catch. You'll find out when you get there." Oh, see, that would really be then he's like the mastermind of this whole episode. Mm. You kind of blew my mind a little bit. But I, we really again, they, it's not even 50 50. They give us no no reason here to believe one way or the other. Okay, not a 50 50 ball here. Um, no, it, it, it's just that we have no way to answer the question. OK, Keith, what's the hashtag today? Oh, boy. I was hoping you had one. <laughs> 50 50 ball. <laughs> uh, is there anything? Uh, with I, I don't know if we want to go uh, super hot take uh, with uh, any of this uh, monkey talk from this week. That's no, because you don't want to be on the wrong chain. Like, get, get on the wrong hashtag with right, Harambe. Right. Uh, so definitely not Harambe. Uh, is there anything you want to do about the uh, the rewatch that we're going through? Uh, well, I don't know if that's the hashtag, but I do think what you know. Let us know what you think about all the random ideas we threw out during this episode. Okay. We could do fifty fifty ball for the uh, for the for the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, I brought it back. You said it earlier in the episode. Uh, and then uh, next week, we have the season six finale. Wow. The understudy. We got Bette Midler joining the show. Pineapple, uh, Italian ice for everybody. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a fun time. We'll figure out what we'll do, uh, you know, between season six and seven. Maybe we'll do nothing. Maybe we'll just go straight to the engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, now, did we just set a record here, Rob? Uh, boy, uh, did we set a record in terms of what? Uh, how good, like the inequality of the episode. Uh, I'm not sure if this was the best episode. No, I'm teasing. In quantity, okay. is this the longest episode? Oh, uh, no, I, I don't know. Why? You think we went we went super long here? I feel like uh, that maybe a, maybe a little. I mean, I, this, we've never topped the two hour mark, but I think we will when all said and done today. Okay, we will see. We will see. Um, boy, it was all these emails. Yeah, we got a lot of emails. So keep keep up the emails if you like the two hour shows and stop emailing if you want a 43 minute show like the premiere. Okay. All right, well, let's get the hell out of here uh, as uh, Scott St. Pierre is glaring at us through the uh, computer screen right now. Uh, He's like, and now you say, let's get the hell out of here. But thank you so much to uh, Scott St. Pierre for all of his hard work on the podcast. Uh, Always appreciated it. Um, And then also follow Keeve on Twitter. He's at Keeve26. What's going on on the 32 Fans podcast? Uh, We're in the middle of counting down the 100 greatest movies of all time. Mm, Yes. Okay. 
and then where are you at now? Uh, top we're, we're, we got up to 50. Yes. And next week we have a special uh, – we're going to break uh, that format for one week. We got, we got a special – we have a special uh, guest coming in and then we'll finish the uh, movie podcast the week after that. Do you have a tease? A clue? Uh, yeah, there's going to be some singing. Some zing, a Wanda? Yeah, and it's not a Survivor podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> there you go. Although, to be fair, most Survivor podcasts don't have Wanda singing. <laughs> yours. All right. Uh, well, good stuff, Keeve. Uh, lots of fun. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about our off-season week, uh, if we should do anything or just keep going. And also, uh, we didn't get to uh, any of our iTunes reviews. We went so long, but... Oh, but we got a ton. I'll read them next week, but we got a ton of ratings. Not a ton of reviews. But we are only one rating away from from passing future uh, podcast of the year post show recap. So wow, two people go and give us a rating, even if you've given us one, just find another computer and give us a second one. Uh, we will pass. The feud is scalding hot. We will pass hated rival post show recaps for our most reviews in the post show recaps. <laughs> All right, world. you can do that at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. That's postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Or search for Seinfeld in the iTunes store because I think that we show up first now. How about that? Yeah, uh, we're doing well. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.